What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Double Coverage. We hope you're still living, loving, and breathing sport. I'm your boy, Dom, and I'm with the great man, Sauce. What a day in basketball it has been. Wow. Massive, Dommer. Absolutely massive. And my boy, Jamal Murray, let me just say, 40 points. He put up more points than Kawhi and Playoff Potato together today. Potato's back. What? A upset, blew a through three-one lead, absolutely busted it. Oh, oh, I can't believe it, man! I can't believe wow. it. I couldn't believe what I was watching, and the oh. fact that they were up by you know thirteen points at one point during the second quarter, and you thought, oh, here they're going to get another lead going into halftime. But um, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. it a bit later. It's just ridiculous. Oh, it's insane. We've got the usual, we will cover the playoffs to start, and then we've got the usual, uh, we've got our news, AFL stuff, we've got some Formula 1 to talk about, UFC from the week, massive card this week, which Saucy's is very excited Huge card, for. I'm excited, excited. Oh, very, very big. Uh, Premier League started up again, it was great to have some uh, soccer back on our screens. NFL started, we did our re- uh, season review, uh, one of Saucy's, one of his four bets got up, uh, We've got to, we're going to review review the week that was and then the week that is coming. And then a uh, bit of a special on Hobby Talk. When we get to that, we'll explain. And then, obviously, we got the most anticipated segment of the show, Saucy Smokey, to end it off. But let's get straight into it, big fella. We're going to start with the East. We had game one. We're not talking about any more of this second round stuff, except when we get to the West. We'll touch on on the Lakers in Houston, because we've got a bit to say about that. But let's start with the East. My Game boys, one. the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> Game one, my boys, MIA, versus the Boston Celtics. Buckets! Jimmy Buckets! buckets. <laughs> That's all I'm talking about down the stretch. Bucket pushing the pace, hitting that big three at the end there, and then in, in the overtime, forcing the issue. But then, don't forget the man. Bam. Bam, 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 bam. Bam out of bio with the block. Huge. Huge. Oh, it one was that ma- uh, uh, Dikimbo Matumbo would be proud of. That oh, was definitely one you could have very... been waving the finger at and oh, giving them that. Be, no, 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 be, no. Oh, very proud of that, Dikimbo. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you, it was a game of runs. Uh, really, it was. Uh, but it was literally just pure basketball. It had everything. It had mid-range, layups, threes, contested shots, or your open shots. It had great play calling. It had cuts to the ring, screens, elite defense. Like At times, it was just like people, they were suffocating each other to even get shots up. Like it was unbelievable to watch. Good playoff basketball. Really like we oh. want to see, mate. That's what we want to see. You had and a variety was- of play. It was, it was good by both teams. Jason Tatum showing that he's oh, the guy wow. on that team. Um, wow, Jason Tatum. I mean, he had the opportunity to win it at the end going uh, before the overtime. I don't know why he didn't try to force the issue and uh, go to that mid-range like I talk about, Dommer. I don't like that. You're trying to pull it up, uh, step back three. It's not your game. I think he's uh, would have been better off there just trying to get a high screen and roll, get a little bit yeah. of a mismatch on a smaller guy. And now uh, in that uh, haste of them trying to switch that, then just rise up over the top. A la Kobe Bryant used to do get oh, to the top of the oh, key there and just rise up for the game winner. Um, but 
Heat couldn't be stopped. You you were down. You, you made a big run in that fourth quarter, and you came back. And you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say, ladies and gentlemen, and I, I said to Dom, I said, man, you you're in such a good spot going forward. The Heat organization. I mean, um, people have said that, that that you may have overachieved this year. No one really expected this from the Heat, but man, Tyler Hero, that guy. Straight out. You your boy. He is he your boy. He is a bowler. He is a bowler. I'm <laughs> telling you, he's, what, 5 of 10, the rookie, first-year player, Eric Spolstra, uh, first game of the Western Conference Finals, confidence off the bench, giving him a lazy 40 minutes, ladies and gents. That's how much confidence Eric Spolstra has got in this guy. And rightfully so, because he's nearly got a triple-double, one assist short of a triple-double, the guy is going to be the starting point guard for the Heat organization going forward. The, the man's not a shooting guard. He, he's a point guard. He's a starting point guard in this league. He can make plays for other guys. Um, oh, I just, I just love those, the way he goes about it, of, man. He's definitely one of those players that we've discussed as well with Miami's makeup in terms of like what's going to happen next year and trying to trade for guys. And obviously, Bradley Bill's one of those guys that has been mentioned a few times. But with Hero really just leaps and bounds just progressing and him becoming like that starting point guard for Miami, it could be potential now for Miami to package up a Dragic with an Olenek and maybe even Kendrick Nunn or a Duncan Robertson and sending it to the Wizards for Bradley Beal and then getting some more vets. But like they've got so many options now because no one, like you said, no one really expected Miami to do anything. They expected him. That was it. Milwaukee wiped the floor with him in the second round. And their season would be over. But it's one of those... We said it about Jimmy Buckets as well. He struggles a bit sometimes throughout the game. But when it gets to those clutch time, like clutch minutes and clutch moments of a game, he really just... He, it's like he, he just doesn't want to lose. Uh, he's just got that mentality to go out there and win it. And Tatum has the exact same mentality. It just happened to be that Bam got a massive uh, block on him. Oh, but he, um, he didn't see him coming. He didn't see him coming. He probably double clutches yeah. that and tries to force the foul Correct. or get the shot up. But yeah. Bam, great play. Came from the blind side from behind Jimmy Buckets and just what a block. Like he's Swatted reaching it. back. And, you know, Tatum cocked that thing back, you know what I mean, to put it yeah. with some force. So for him to get up and then his arms bending backwards and then he pushes the ball back out, Great play, like you know, a bit of a uh, bit of LeBron James on Tiago split off in the in the NBA Finals against San Antonio. Remember that front onto the basket, LeBron just went up and just rejected him. <laughs> that man's had a. It was it was it was an awesome game. It was an awesome game. It was a great and, game. And, one thing, and Boston, one thing that we we were critical of, and like we always say, we're we're happy to be proven wrong. Uh, their bench, we always said that they haven't got depth. It's yet to be. Proven, but Wanamaker, uh, Williams, I think's the other bloke. They 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 stood up. They really did stand up today. Wanamaker made some massive plays for Boston, some pivotal like in key steals at uh, crucial moments of the game. So yeah, he had f- a lazy five steals, Donna. That's yeah, that's, he was really good. That's good he was stuff, really man, good. Off the he bench. was really I mean, good. You know, that's five extra positions. We don't know what the team. talks are when if Haywood could come back, but even if they could get Haywood back, um, well, they reckon next ease game, easy yeah. maybe, maybe put him on a minutes restriction, having him come hey, off the bench we, for twenty we minutes. Get, that would yeah. be 
that would be better than than nothing. I think that would really, really help them. I mean, Smart stepped up today, second top score, 26 points. Um, you know, Kemba Walker's probably got to be a bit better than what he did, you know, six of uh, 19, uh, one of nine from three. That's, that's See, not good enough, you know. Like yeah, he's he's, like he's got to step up a bit yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's been drawing the double team and stuff, and but this is the thing: they're loaded. Their starting five is loaded. Um, it's just that problem when it gets to their bench. But if their bench can stand up, they can potentially win games. And if Haywood does come back and he comes off the bench, I think that's a better dynamic for Boston because Smart's a good defender, and it's good to have a good defender out there at the beginning that can. I think yeah, that's probably the one lineup that they can probably yeah. afford. Because you've got three guys who are more than capable of knocking down the three, and then you've exactly. got Sean Smart is more than capable. Yeah. Twice can take the occasional three, but he, yeah. he knows his role within the team. Um, but I prefer I, I'd prefer Haywood off the bench because then you know, okay, we're going our first, our sixth man is an offensive power, like a bit of a threat there to the opposition. Where if you go to the bench now, Smart really is like, yeah, he's okay offensively. He's more of a defender, and then you go, yeah, Wanamaker. Ojale, all those guys—they're not really offensive threats. But if you go to the bench and your six man's Gordon Haywood, yeah, like oh, okay, a guy that's averaged yeah. twenty points in the league multiple years. Exactly. Um, so they've got a lot of potential there, and and not for anything, this is a series. It hasn't even begun to pan out yet. Like that, what we saw uh, six, today, seven games. Just, I'm seeing it. Yeah. Like you know, today this what game saw, could have went yeah. Boston's way. You know, like hundred percent. It was it was right there to, to take for either team, but you know. It's just a few big plays. That's that's what makes the difference. Um, but what we said as well about Miami ended up. It, it, it's extremely well. It's just it's just true, really. Like you can't panic when with. I'll, I'll be honest. I was a bit worried when they were slowing the tempo down for down for us, and they were really getting a heap of stops because we can't play at a slow pace. But the thing is, when we were down by thirteen at the start of the second. And we outscored him thirty-seven to um, thirty-seven to twenty-nine in the second quarter, and we had it even at fifty-five apiece. But when we were down by thirteen, not once was I feeling anxious of like, oh, we're going to get killed by thirty here, because all it takes is a couple guys to get hot, and then we're back in it. We were in front by uh, six points in the second quarter at one stage, so we were down by thirteen, and we swung it to a six-point lead. So. Great I said series. that to you, Dom. I said, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's, it was was anyone's taking, you know. The, the, the game was really close. Um, it was just a matter of got, who could get the, the stops at the, at the crucial times. And it was Miami in that overtime. Then exactly. Got you the win. That's it, mate. So roll like on. Let's roll on. Yeah. Onto the, bit, the big, the play, big, play big upsets. No, 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 no. We're not going there yet, mate. I want oh, we're not going there. No, nah, Lakers oh, first against Houston. Yeah, look how happy he is. Let's talk about the Lakers. Let's talk about LeBron James finishing both his series in five games. The man sitting back in his hotel room at Disneyland. He's got his feet up. He's got his red wine. You know, he lost his red wine, LeBron. Uh, he's eating his nice steak dinner. He's got his personal chef there cooking him up a storm. He's just relaxing, all right? LeBron's <laughs> getting that rest. He needs that rest at age 36, 37. I forgot what AVG is exactly. He just needs that bit of rest. He's going to come out oh, here in the next series. Babe. He's going to come out here in the next series and just show us what he's got, mate. 
I'm, well, I'm, really I'm confident cool. going into the next series, but I'm also aware of uh, the Nuggets. But let's touch on the Houston series. Oh, mate, let, let's, what, what, let's just say you, you shut them out beautifully in the last two games. Yeah, they came back in game uh, game four right at the end, but you killed them. When you turned the Jets on for, on defense, they were stifled. They couldn't do anything. Uh, LeBron was massive in both the last two games. AD was quiet in the last game, but AD really didn't have to do anything in the last game because all the role players stood up. Rondo has actually been massive. He got copped a lot of flack before the bubble started, where it's like every Bradley's out, we've got Rondo, Rondo's washed up. That's what people were saying. But he's really just, he's taken it to another level. Like you've always said, he's a vet. He's got an so, IQ. Mate, mate, he's a there's champion. a reason why that yeah. they, he gets the nickname called Playoff Rondo. Does anyone remember? He was literally single-handedly bringing that uh, New Orleans team when he was on that team. They were winning that series, and then he got injured, and it changed the whole series. When he was playing clutch minutes, uh, when he was in New Orleans for that one season, um, I think it was uh, Demarcus Cousins have, was there. Yeah, Demarcus Cousins was in Demarcus that Cousins. Team. I think AD was injured, so it was like Drew Holiday and Rondo were like the backcourt, starting backcourt. I mean, he was. They were going to win that series, and that where they had no right to win it, and um, he got injured and it changed the whole series. There's a reason that he, the the guy is just. I feel he's just meant. To be in the playoffs, like he plays better when he gets to the playoffs. Yeah, it's but just the thing we've seen so it, we've seen it through his career as well. Like, I mean, people, yeah. and the thing is, people want to still dare him this late in his career to, to shoot that jump shot, which is all fine because like the statistics are probably there. But it's probably yeah, by the looks of things, he's definitely worked. By the looks ball. of things, and I've I've watched Rondo for many years. His jump shot is actually better. It's improved so much where it was. Five years ago, um, he's worked on that thing. And when he gets the ridiculous open books, like, you know, he, you're in, at the end of the day, you're earning millions of dollars. You're an NBA player. You've got to be able to make that shot. And that's – he was he right. was crucial. Uh, he, he made good plays. And you know what Rondo allows us to do? It allows LeBron James, because essentially LeBron James is our point guard. You know, with yeah. our starting five, right. LeBron James is our point guard. Now, he has to handle the ball. Now, when he doesn't have to handle the ball, we can get uh, stops. And Rondo brings the ball up. We've seen in that Houston series, off the ball, LeBron will push down the court, get the mismatch, you know, get deep in on the paint on Covington, get deep in on the paint on Eric Gordon, even Harden at times. And he just post them up and just bully them. Like, yeah. And we, we dominated points in the paint. I said that they, they, they would have an issue once we started dominating those points in the paint. And it's... What happened, you know, after the first game where I think we got beat points in the paint and we lost the game, rightfully so, uh, we then didn't lose points in the paint for the rest rest of those four games and closed out the series. So, yeah. but like, in, in, in saying that, um, Houston, well, they stunk, let's be honest. They absolutely stunk, except for, except for Harden. Like we said, we'll give him a pass, but he actually played really well, surprisingly. In a, in a team that richly, literally just fell apart. The team just, yeah, I don't know what they were doing. He is, as we say, the greatest left-handed player of all time. And as we read today, uh, the GM, Daryl Murray, actually said, I think it was a season and a half ago, that he was the greatest offensive player in the history of basketball. So, yeah, he's definitely a lot better than Jordan. And we can see that, evidently, that... Uh, a guy that is afraid to actually take a mid-range shot and settles for a three and has to pass it out is definitely uh, 
as good as Jordan, if not better. And but the, the absolute crap that comes out of people's mouths, the, the absolute shit that comes out of people's mouths, it just baffles me. It absolutely baffles me. The fact that I hope that people have now woken up to the fact of our boy, Westbrook, is the biggest spud in the history of basketball when it comes the great, to playoffs. He's the greatest regular season player of all time. Of all time. That's he's it. the greatest regular Regu- season player. Anyone That's just it. go look he's at when this guy gets to the playoffs, he turns into he's, an absolute he, brick. Oh, the guy, when dud. he gets to the playoffs, he turns into an absolute brick. Come on. Straight and, out. And the, oh, I can't stand guys like that. Yeah, they talk a big game. He's talking smack when they're down 20. They're down 20 me. points. He's saying you need to double team me. Shut Come the hell on, up, Westbrook. Pack your Come bags, on. go home, mate. You couldn't and even hit the back of a bar. Pack your bags and get the hell out of Houston because I'm telling you, Houston will be trading him because he's gone. the way that that organization works, I can see him straight out the door as quick as he can. Yeah. Um, Mike D'Antoni not coming back. He exercises no. free agency clause in his contract. That's a blessing in disguise for the Houston oh, organization. That is D'Antoni a gone, Westbrook gone. Let me tell you, Anyone out there who's on D'Antoni's side, the guy is a great regular season coach. His game plan holds up in the yeah, regular 100%. season, gets a good record, but come to playoffs. It's been proven over the years when he's played this uh, uh, space, uh, pace and space offense where he pushes the pace, looks to get the, the space and get the shots off early in the shot clock. And, you know, he's transitioned that game back before when you had the likes of Nash and a couple of those teams where he coached previously, it was less three-point shots, but as the games moved into a three-point era, he's adapted that game style and made it a three-point centric offense where you push the pace and look for early three-point shots. And when you want to live and die by the three and do that, that's what you get. You get beaten 4-1 by a superior team that dominated you in the paint. Exactly you had right. zero rim protection and tr- Traded your guys out that could give you rim protection because you decided yeah. to choose Westbrook over exactly right. Capella instead of getting another shooter and making Harden the, Harden the playmaker. Essentially, Mate, get another shooter. Big, yeah. Capella be that other guy that hits the boards hard. You have four shooters. You have three shooters around Harden plus Capella hitting the boards. Make Harden the, 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 the guy. It would have been I a mean, completely different series. It's, if they had a big guy that was actually not PJ Tucker because PJ Tucker played really well. But it would have been a useful he's asset. To have. But when yeah, PJ but he's Tucker was an asset at the four, if you've got a Capella, yeah, it's like oh, yeah, it's that's perfect. right. And Covington uh, at the three, he was for, dominating. For Tucker, he's, he just he was just too undersized. When in the first game, when he was back, trying to AD was trying to back down um, and do a bit of that sort of you know movement, trying to move Tucker off the spot. He's very strong. He keeps his center of gravity oh, really oh, well. He's unbelievably um, strong. But once he realized he could turn, get that triple threat position, jab step, and just, you know, pretend to up fake him and drive by him. Because, you know, once the AD takes that first step, he's pretty much his shoulders past him and he was getting to the ring at will. So, yeah. It changed the whole Big, series yeah, once we changed yeah, up our, our game plan. And, was, and, our, and yeah. not for anything, our role players play better than their role players. 100%. It's a big better. ups as well to like a PJ Tucker. He was really good in the series. Even Robert Covington, he's completely transformed his three-point shooting game and he's just his ball game completely. He, he got no respect for shooting threes when he was at Philly. Everyone just to leave him open. He couldn't shoot. He, could, he was another guy that couldn't hit the backside of a barn. I hope Westbrook is actually taking notes because there's guys 
that if they actually focus on things to make their game better, instead of just being this, uh, I like watching him in the regular season and he's a good player, but he's not a great player. I don't care if you've won an MVP for goosing your stats to have the most triple doubles ever made. That does not, what's that do, do for me? Absolutely nothing. And as we say, Source, you can have triple doubles, but if your team loses by 10-15, what do we say? It doesn't count. Because that triple-double did nothing to help your team win a game. So, I don't know. He has to probably get traded. Uh, There's talks that Harden potentially should request the trade, but that's his team. So, the team is actually built around Harden. They brought Westbrook in to try and help him. It didn't work, clearly. I think management like Daryl Morris should be held accountable because he's made calls to get rid of guys to help Westbrook. And like, like you said to me, it's built, this team's built to be, uh, beat Golden State, yet we knew coming into the season that Golden State was going to be terrible and they weren't going to make the playoffs, yet they continued with that build for the, for the team. Like, yeah, okay, Golden State's got Kevon Looney. He's their big guy. But when you've got the Lakers with like LeBron and AD... Uh, Denver with uh, Jokic, uh, money Clippers. If the, if Clippers were there, they got like a Montrez Harrell and they got their Zubach and they got those guys under the ring. You, you're not going to be able to compete with teams like that. They can play good perimeter defense. Like, yeah. I, I, I just don't understand. They go by analytics. They live and die by the three. And guess what? Like you said, pack your bags and get out. Sick of your crap. You not not for anything. You're an indictment of the game of basketball. You played you play basketball. At a disgraceful, it's a disgraceful way to play basketball. All I gotta say is, you know, they want to. You are not. You do not have two of the best shooters on your team of all time. There's only one team that can play that three point style, and that's the Golden State Warriors, because they have two of the best three point shooters of all time. Um, And even them, they don't play that same sort of style that Houston plays. It's completely different. They move the ball. Everyone touches it. It's not like that at Houston. We'll give the Houston Rockets... We'll end on this. Here's, this is a little tip for you, Houston Rockets, and your organisation. Source and I, we don't get paid the big bucks like uh, your front office and stuff over there. But here's a tip. When Golden State Warriors get the ball in a mid-range position, uh, they actually take the mid-range shot. They don't if they're wide open, they don't go, oh, you know, we'll settle for a three where it's a high percentage of missing when it's actually easier that we can shoot the two or go for a layup. That's the difference. Like you just said, Source, it's move the ball, screens, try and get the three. Obviously, if Clay or Steph are really hot, you get them the ball. Clearly, it makes sense. It's the same with Harden. But they don't just go out there every game and go, oh, we're just going to shoot threes and have layups. They actually know what a mid-range jump shot is. And guess what? They've actually got a big guy in their team. So... Anyway, we'll see what happens, what unfolds there over the offseason. I hope there's a bit of a cleanup because it's a great organization and they've just butchered the way that they play basketball down there. So, probably deserving of being knocked out. Uh, Late show. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to what was the biggest game this afternoon. Game seven, win or go home. Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray versus gone missing Kawhi and our boy playoff potato return playoff potato return game seven Denver Nuggets have come back from 3-1 down to win the series that makes them the first team ever to come back 3-1 twice in the playoffs in the history of the NBA 
elite. I can't believe. I, I genuinely cannot believe what we saw. Like, hey, I called it. I said if there's any yeah, team yeah. that can cause upsets, and I anyway, we can go back to our first podcast when we did our our preview. I said Denver is a team that if anyone's going to cause upsets on that west side, it's Denver because I like that team because they had experience last year in the playoffs, and that counts for something going forward. And it seems as though, obviously, that chemistry is there. And I talked about it, you know, once they get some of those guys back, they can lock down their defense. You know, their defense wasn't the best this year through the regular season, but that had part to play with. You didn't have one of your best defensive guys there, Gary Harris. So, like, they were able to get them back. And they keep riding off your boy. They shut down the Clippers, the almighty, the almighty overrated Clippers. We're uh, calling that overrated because everyone said they were supposed to win the title. Oh, you got playoff potato and the ball. You're supposed to win the title. Uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when your two best guys combine for less points than, than Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. total 24 points. Jamal Murray, 40 points by himself. My boy, Jamal Murray, you know how much I love that man. He's The guy's going to be a superstar. I don't care if people want to get on him, but I think he's got that potential that he hasn't even... This is the next level of his game that we're seeing, right? Don't forget, like, I think he's only 20, 23, 24. So I think he's 23. Right? He's young. Come on, man. This is, this is the next wave of superstars. Once, like, the LeBrons are gone, like, this is, these are the guys, your Mitchells, your Murrays, your, your Donchiches, those Tatums. Those are your, your next wave. And, like, the NBA is in good hands if you've got a guy that's offensive. And Jokic. Let's just take a moment to appreciate yeah. what the big fella did today. He had 16 <laughs> points, 22 boards, 13 assists. He was three blocks, two steals. He, he, he shot only 38.5% 30, from the field and zero from three. But, mate, he had one of the best games as a big man. The pressure on his defense that he was putting on players was just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The part, uh, it, it was, if you haven't watched this game, go and watch what Murray's fadeaway three at the end where he was freaking jumped oh, out of Disney ridiculous. World, mate. It was it just was rubbing joke. salt into the wounds when he hit that oh, fadeaway. It was, just, it was just ridiculous. It, I don't know what I can say. I, I, was, I was speechless. And rightly so, um, everyone jumped on this on Twitter. Gave it to Clippers and, and people's, oh, it's negativity towards the Clippers. Let's just put it this way. We spoke about it. We're speaking about it in pr- previous pods. And I tell you what, I don't think it's justified just yet because Doc Rivers and Paul George have come out and spoken and they've got slammed for a few things that they said. Um, is everyone forgetting that uh, Kawhi Leonard has shot 26 points in the last two games? He went missing. Uh, yep. That's We're apparently the best, the best the player on the planet by some by some people calling that. The best player best, on the, the planet. The best player on the planet is not... What he, what he's, wearing, he's wearing gold, mate. He's wearing blue and gold, the best player on the planet. He wears number th- 23, and he plays for the, light, the purple and gold, sorry. Where's purple 23? And purple and gold, baby. Late show. Purple and gold. Plays, he plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. That is the greatest player in the world. All right? Let's stop being around the bush. He's the best player. Oh, oh, it's just so much to unpack. 
I, we could sit here for an hour and just bag the shit out of the Clippers. Like, we could. Because, let's just put it this way. Stop making excuses, first of all. Paul George said, oh, you know, it wasn't a win or bust year. You know, the longer we play together, the better we'll become. Yeah, that's true. How about you, like, one thing that... I know Sauce was loving it on the tweets. Even me, we're loving the tweets this other. And really, that's a, that's a cop-out because not for anything, if you, if you don't sit and rest every second game, you would have chemistry as a team. Yeah. Like, stop using that crap. You, you decide to sit out before COVID and you didn't string along all these games together, different lineups with a different star and Paul George and Kawhi were only playing X amount of games together. And then COVID hit and then obviously you couldn't train together and you come back in the bubble, what did you expect was going to happen? And, 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 and it's a piss-poor excuse as well to say that you know, it wasn't a win-or-bust season. You're going out there to win a championship. You're the best team in the league, according to yourselves, because you've got your Pat Bevs and your Marcus Morris and Paul George that talk that much smack. These are three guys that haven't proven anything in their career. And they're going around talking smack to everyone. You, I'll be honest. You three guys have accomplished jack shit in your career. And you're talking shit. That's the <laughs> hey, thing I don't ladies understand. Ladies and gents, if anyone hasn't seen, you've got to go see uh, uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum's little uh, oh. tweet back and forth about um, just the drilling <laughs> Pat Beverly saying, yeah, uh, yeah well, we're, we're happy to extend the uh, Cancun invite to you, to your buddy. Yeah. We haven't booked and, and you know, yet. and where that... And where that stems from, ladies and gents, don't be like, oh, yeah, well, uh, Portland can't talk because they got kicked out. Uh, they got kicked out and didn't say a word. They humbly left the building and the Clippers took it upon themselves to taunt them out the building and ridicule them and give them shit. And you know what? You get, what you, <laughs> you get what's coming. And Paul George has got no leg to stand on. Pat Bev, Morris, just stay off social media. That's all I'm saying. Don't open your mouth and say a thing. Until you win a title. That's the next time you talk. Until then, you're irrelevant. You actually are irrelevant. But Dom, so, I'm just going to bring it back to this point, yeah? You bought in these two guys, right? No. You bought in these two guys. You built this team around them. In the biggest game of their whole season, game seven, <laughs> regardless you're up 3-1, in the biggest game of the whole season, the fact that your best player had 14 points and shot six of 22 from the field, yeah, and your supposed second-best player, who's overrated massively, shot four of 16 from the field and had a whopping 10 points. Combined, put those guys together on the court, they were a negative 40, a negative 41 plus minus. Meaning what? when those two guys were on the court, they were a negative 41 points. I thought they're supposed to make your team better. No, that... Well, Playoff potato played well in game six, which is fine. He's been inconsistent the whole playoffs. But Leonard, I just don't want to just skim over Kawhi Leonard. I don't want to give shit no. to Paul George and stuff. I'm giving crap to Paul George because he talked smack to people and it's bit him in the ass now. That's why I'm saying. But let's Mark not gloss Jackson over this, Thomas. This, yeah. this is this is a Mark, guy yeah, who, who believes correct. he's the best player. He's yeah. Um, he's, he's said it. He said it to people. He believes he is the best player. It's, it's actually, it's documented. It's out there. He said it. I'm the best player. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, whatever. You think because he doesn't say anything that he doesn't speak. 
Go do your research. He's made comments and he's put stuff out there. He's been quoted saying these things. But the whole thing is, let's not gloss over the fact that in the last two games, he stunk. He's supposedly the best player in the world. And Mark Jackson said it. And what Mark Jackson said, it is music to our ears because we've been saying it from day one on this podcast. If LeBron James did what Kawhi Leonard did in the last two games, it would be on the front page of every newspaper, the leading story on every freaking media outlet, sports, uh, sports talkback show, every sports podcast, everything. Everything. He'd be getting slammed. Absolutely slammed. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just put it out there that LeBron is 14-0 when he has a 3-1 record. So uh, he ain't blown no 3-1. So let's not gloss over the fact that what Kawhi did was terrible. And a few people have sent us messages throughout the day saying that it was the second biggest choke in the history of basketball behind the Warriors 3-1 loss to Cleveland in the finals. And I'll tell you what, they're probably not wrong. We're not saying it, that, it's, that it's true, but there's a case there to be made. You're up 3-1 against Denver. You're supposedly the, the powerhouse of the competition. You got the favourites to win it all. I'm, I'm agreeing I'm with you, Donna. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. So I'm happy. I'm actually happy they're not there. But you know what I'm also happy about? That amongst all of this, the Nuggets have had to fight through two grueling seven-game series. Yeah. In the meantime. LeBron and the Lakers uh, had four games less, four games less minutes. So uh, Jamal Murray's been averaging something like forty minutes a game. So Jamal yeah, Murray's made up, played one hundred and sixty minutes more in this stretch. I know. And Jokic in the works. Man, I t- I'm, I'm, I'm going to go in confident, Dom, and I'm going on and going on. Wrong, you know, so you should. Have got you us should. At like dollar, you're the favorite. Twenty favorites to win the series. No, nah, but you're the favorite to win the whole thing. Now you were the second best team before. Or behind the Clippers. That's what everyone said. Everyone said that the Clippers were so far ahead of the Lakers and the Lakers have nothing to beat the Clippers. So the Clippers automatically win the title. That's what it was. You, honestly, that's, LeBron that's like watching that, watching that in his, in, in his, in his, uh, you know, oh, in my, his, he was uh, loving like, he was what, just, what's he doing? Is he, he, he should have IGTV the whole thing. That he doesn't have to face the claw and, and PG on defense. Oh, he's he probably had one of those, he probably had one of those bloody, those MJ cigars in his mouth, getting up and said, I told you, boy, you should have come and played for me. I told you, boy, <laughs> you should have come and played for me. He's like, I never lost. That's what he, he's loving. I never lost 3-1 up. I never lost. That's what he's talking. He's just talking smack. He's like, you could, one of the two of you. Oh, could that's great. Oh, like, that's great. Kawhi's like, oh, I, th- I think I'm better than LeBron. I'm, I'm the best player in the world. And Paul George is like, I think Kawhi's better than LeBron. That's why I want to play with him. LeBron's like, come talk to me when you achieve something. Come on. I know Kawhi's got two titles. I know Kawhi's got two 50 titles. 50 years now, title. they haven't made a conference final. The Clippers, the, the route keeps going. 50 Happy years. anniversary, Clippers. Happy anniversary, mate. You've cracked you the half century. The 50, 50 half seasons. Century. Mate, you deserve to get slammed. So... Take it. You can't like. <laughs> don't you can't dish it out, mate. If you can't take it, so get ready because this is nothing. The only thing now we look at Denver Lakers. We've had a bit of a discussion about that. The matchups. We'll see what happens. We'll obviously cover that as it unfolds. 
uh, we might start doing some IGTV, uh, uh, Instagram Live, sorry, once those games yeah, unfold. We'll, we'll try to get yeah. those up. I think it will be good now with the comments but, uh, going into the final. The biggest concern, more of those. we'll leave it on this note. The biggest concern for me, if Denver loses, uh, if Denver wins this series, is Clippers getting a pass because LeBron gets bagged because the Clippers are no longer there. That's, that, that's what's going to happen. That's what's that's gonna what's happen. Gonna but happen. it ain't going to happen, all right? Because LeBron, yeah, LeBron's coming out here and winning. But the, and by all means, guys, I, I'm not sitting here telling oh, we're going to win in four or five. I actually no, think no, this no. is going to six, six, seven games. Six, seven, that Nugget side is so resilient. Um, I think this is going to be a tough, tough series. Genuinely, I don't know if we... I think we, we, we might have some decent matchups for Murray, but I think Jokic is going to be a handful, man. Like I think Murray, yeah. we've got a bit of length that we can put on him. I think, you know, Rondo's a good defender, um, but then you've also got you know Danny Green that can rotate out on out onto him with decent length, um, and then our uh, other Caldwell Pope. But yeah, it's it's we'll I think it's going to be a tough it's gonna be series. Great. It's, it's going to be, be a great. tough series. Uh, if you're an NBA lover right now, you are loving the games and the match- oh. matchups that you get. And, and look, not for anything. Let's don't, go to the uh, bubble every year, mate. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to see Denver do well. You know, I actually like the way that they play basketball. Yeah. It's an entertaining brand to watch. It's it, it you know it's it's so good to watch. So you know anyone that plays entertaining basketball, I'm I'm barracking for because they uh, that what makes the game enjoyable. Exactly. We'll see what happens, and like we said, we'll bring it to you as it unfolds. Uh, that was just, that was that was full on, mate. At least you got to have a crack with the Clippers. That's all that matters. Uh, coming up next, we've got the news around the world, starting with the AFL. We'll be back. All men have two versions of themselves: the one that you are now, and the inspired version of yourself that is hiding deep down inside. My mission for the podcast is help men break through their limitations and become their most inspired version. The Inspired Man, a podcast from Andrew Sotoropoulos. All right, here we go. Second last round unfolded last week for the AFL. Last round this week. Let's do a quick run through of the recap of round 17. Yeah, the West Coast. Uh, I caught you by three. Oh, Jesus. I've had, a mare. Had, an yeah. I've had an absolute mare. Yeah. I've had an absolute mare. Yeah, you had a shocker. You tipped last week. St. Kilda, Richmond, Frio, Port, GWS, Carlton, Dogs, Lions, Pies. I tipped West Coast who beat St. Kilda. I picked, I picked Geelong, so you got that one. Actually, you know, you gained one on me there. We both picked Freo. They defeated North. Port Adelaide, we both picked. I tipped the D's who beat GWS, who you picked. I tipped the Crows against the Blues. <laughs> we both tipped the Dogs the as, they, as they defeated Hawthorne. We both tipped the Lions, they beat Sydney. And we both tipped the Pies, they beat Gold Coast. So, yeah, Adelaide, man, they came out firing. We, we thought they weren't going to win a game, and they didn't look like they were going to win a game. They, and now they've they three in a row. Hey, look, you know... It's what you need, your side. You've been down all year. Like the fans need some promise going into next year. Um, it looks as though that they're potentially like I mean, 
they've got nothing to play for, Dommer. So the fact that they've come out here yeah, and had a red Correct. hot crack, like this is great for the fans. It's the promise that the fans want to see. Like at the end of the day, Adelaide, they are in that position where they probably are rebuilding a bit of their list. Um, and, you know, who knows what can happen next year. Uh, it has probably helped that they've been able to get some of their better guys back from injury um, and play play some of those guys. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't know where they sit. Oh, it's not enough sample size to say that they're going to be better next year. We'll have to see how things we'll turn around for them in that sense. But um, one thing that I am disappointed about is uh, Carlton because they had everything to um, they, they win these next two games, they came, they came back. Yeah, but that's not good enough, Dommer. You, you know, this has been yeah, the consistent a consistent yeah, issue that's with a, that's the going past the last two the seasons. The jump on you. Yeah. You can't let the teams get the jump on you early and fought, fight your way back. If you give teams 10 goal head starts, for example, it wasn't 10 goals in this game, but if you give teams six goal head starts, that's a six goal deficit you need to, you need to wipe out in three quarters. Yeah, so there were five goals, so, five goals, three Two uh, two behinds at at the quarter yeah. time siren. Well, and, um, they would catch up from there, Dommer, essentially. Carlton uh, outplayed them in the second half. It's just because there was too many points on the board already. <laughs> How are you meant to rebound from that? I, I agree with you. The fast starts, they got to try and stem that. They only lost by uh, yeah. Like so three second goals. second half, they won it by five goals. But the fact that they they uh, they Gave lost them the five first, goal head start. They lost the first yeah. half one goal to eight goals. Essentially, so that was they were just playing catch up, and you know that's it. You're not winning that. You got you got to play four quarters footy to to be a consistent side right. and have be in games to to have a chance at the end. And Carlton didn't do that, and the fact that's it's disappointing for them because you know I, I said to you know I, was, I, I thought that Carlton was on the way up and they were going to take that next step potentially you know sneak a final spot, and I'm going to be like what a great thing for the Carlton Football Club, but. Disappointing the way they've come out there. Like a, a team that's won two games in the season, there's uh, no reason that they should have gotten beaten in that manner. It's um, pretty poor, to be honest. It's, it's no, I thought, well, I thought well, Carlton was the better, better side going into that. So, yeah, so it's typical Carlton form. So let's see if they can improve on this next season and, and push on. Definitely, uh, I completely agree. Uh, your boys are dogs. I know they beat Hawthorne, but they're coming into that form uh, that they had in that 2016 season when they won the flag, like stringing along some awesome football leading into the finals. Uh, you've discussed and you said it a few times there, you're smoky. And I think there's a bit behind the dogs. They've got a bit to play for. Uh, they've got the ability. Anything can happen this year as well, as we've said. Like, like I mean, it's played interstate. Like they're being really good. The dogs really. So really they've won. Good. They've won four of their last five, Donna, and um, the only loss that that, that they had was um, was against the Cats, which they lost by uh, eleven points, which is which is not a big margin at all. And um, they also had a notable win over the Eagles. So these are teams that are right at the top. They're mixing it with the best. Um, the fact that they've been able to put this winning sort of stretch together, going into final series. I mean, this is this is what it's all about. It's about stringing those games together. We've seen years in the past where Geelong comes out the blocks, they dominate the start of the season, come into the season, they're just they're lacking their team, they figured them out. Um, you need to be winning games and have that form at the right time of the season. It's about getting hot at the right time of the season. And as as we've seen previously in previous years, that if you can get hot 
at this time of the season, play some of your best footage, string those matches together. Anything can happen in final series. Um, they are definitely my smoky. I, I I really like the dogs. I think anyone outside of um, anyone outside of West Coast uh, and Richmond, and Richmond. I think West Coast and Richmond, and potentially I say Geelong, but the only reason I don't go confident in Geelong is because previously they're just showing that they fall apart at this time of the year at yeah. some point. Um, so unless they can prove me otherwise, then you know, proving me otherwise. Other than that, I'm sticking with the top two teams that have proven, tried and tested in the last few years that they can get the job done. So definitely outside definitely. of them two, I'm going with the doggies as my smokies. You know, if, if nice. I, I wouldn't want to be facing the doggies. Let me just say. First no, no. Um, we did have Melbourne and GWS, like the two biggest pretenders in the comp. So they're no good. Uh, they're trash. Yeah. I don't know what's we, happening we, at those clubs. They've gone backwards, mate. Yeah, so. they have gone backwards, Dom. And we'll, we'll just touch on it uh, uh, quickly. You know, obviously, we, we spoke about GWS and, and, and their lack of urgency, it seems as though, at oh. times throughout games where they just go missing. And the fact that all they've got all this talent, like, you know, they've had to trade away guys because they can't keep them on the salary cap. You know, you're... Well, are some of their players now becoming to the point where they're potentially overrated and overpaid because they're not getting the job done? So maybe they have to have a look at the list and some of those top guys that they've been, uh, you know, uh, going on about, oh, these guys are unbelievable talent. Well, maybe they're not. Have a look at it. Maybe, maybe they fit in well because they're playing a team that's full of guys that are skilled. Like, makes them look better than what they actually are. The oh, I don't know, they're... Dommer. Because it Cahesi, seems as though that they, at the moment they they don't look great. Cahesi, like he's a team that got to a grand final last year. You would think, all right, they're going to definitely be in finals this year. They're going to miss out on finals. Um, well, they're equal with I think Melbourne. I think they're fighting for the eighth spot, but there's a bit that has to happen for that to. Oh, to no, go there's ahead. no but, way but that they're, they're getting that. They're eight. not good enough. There's yeah, no way they're, they're getting beating, that eighth spot. But they're not the beating. doggies are versing Fremantle. That's more than a winnable game for the for the doggies. Oh, they're home. They the win, dogs they win, win that. They win that. They they sew up that that spot. Um, you've got the Saints. The Saints are taking on. Uh, let's have a look here. Saints are taking on GWS, so they have to beat. Well, they the have Saints. to win that game. Well, you know, and they've got they the worst win. percentage out of those teams that they're chasing. They're sitting on a hundred. Uh, 100.62%. You've got the Demons above them on 106 and the Dogs above them on 103.94. So yeah. they're really up against it. A lot has to happen for them to even make it. I'm calling it. They ain't making it. Um, you know, it's just disappointing season. Super disappointing. And, disappointing. and the Demons, even though they're within a chance, where are they? We don't really know. You know, they were expecting bigger things this season. Um, Paul Roos came in there and tried to build that list and, you know, apparently they've got a great list. And then you look at some of their players and some of their key position guys and you're like, oh, you've got guys with good key positions, but it just seems as though that they they just they just still have that issue of not being able to find a way to win games. Um, yeah, they just go missing at times. It's it's lackluster performances, you know, their, their pressure goes missing. Um, and... Yeah, they, 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 they. I think it's time. Yeah, they just turned to twenty twenty one, and unfortunately you know, for these fans, it's disappointing that it's going to happen, mate. They're not good enough. Oh. You'd be spewing as a D supporter watching Christian Petrarca run out every week and put on a clinic. He's having yeah, the best oh, career. Look, that's what, that's, of his career. Yeah, that's 
one positive <laughs> like, oh. of these this year. He's, he's he's stepped up his game, and, and this is the potential that everyone's seeing for Trika coming through the draft. He's really shown and stepped up his game this year. Maybe this uh, whole uh, cowboy thing where he's had nothing other than to focus on football and not get distracted by outside things like we've heard he does like to have a beer or two, potentially. Um, it's helped him. He's put the yeah, best form together he has in his whole career. So he has yeah, to continue yeah. this and show us that he's the, the number one midfielder down there at, uh, at, um, at the D's. At the D's. Definitely. Uh, a couple more games to get through. Uh, Richmond Geelong. I know it was five goals, 15. Richmond could have demolished them. But Geelong were actually better in a lot of statistical categories around the ground in the game. But it was just, oh man, it was just unbelievable. They just couldn't do anything. They, they got to a point where they were in front of the Tigers, I'm pretty sure, in this game. Uh, but 7-15 they kicked. Like, that's ridiculous. It could have been over very, very quickly. These are two teams, while well, Geelong's another team probably there. They are in the top four, but they are a top four side. Uh, will they make an impact? I, I called them pretenders a few week, weeks ago. I don't think they're any good, to be honest. They're, I can't see them see them winning. They probably could win a first final if they play against like a Port Adelaide. I, I, I just don't know. I, I'm with yeah. you still. So also, I think it's just a Richmond West Coast thing. Um, we will do a finals podcast. Special, special AFL edition. finals we, podcast. We just go, go through the eight and the finals matchups. But I'm not going to look much into that. Um, I think we just yeah, I'll look, I, don't, yeah. I just think the better team came out on top. They could have won by more. Um, yeah. they, they just forced Geelong to play the game that they Correct. want them to play, which is, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. They uh, stopped them from switching the ball. You know, putting that that ball through the middle, forcing them to kick it long down the line, um, and that's just playing into Richmond's hands, really, because they're really good at at, at the contest. Um, it was really, really, really even around around the ground, from what I can tell. Where um, you know the clearances were, were, were quite were quite even. Oh, I mean, here we go. No, this is what not what I'm saying. The, around the ground, Geelong dominated them in the clearances. Yeah, in that regard, but. Then when it came out of out of the initial stoppage, they just got overwhelmed. Um, yeah, Richmond were better at winning one on ones within the stoppage where they had where they had numbers around the ball. They were able to, to get it out and get first use, but they weren't able to capitalise with that first use. Um, the inside fifty count was real even, forty to forty two Richmond's way. So they got it in there enough times, but the the thing was it they when when they got the ball in there. Uh, they weren't kicking it to the advantage of their players. Um, they were, you know, weren't giving the, the Geelong forwards the service that they sort of needed. And Richmond was able to, you know, put their pressure on, um, yeah. be a bit more cleaner at times. And they could have won by more. Um, they could have. Definitely could have. But... Even though, you know, that's where it's it's a funny game, AFL. They, they dominate the clearances and... They still lose, and they could have lost potentially by another two, three goals. Yeah, definitely. I, I, this is what this is where I'm at with with Geelong. I just think, as I said previously, they they've shown that come this time of year, at some point they just crumble. 
Um, they, yeah. they may be able to win the first game, but, um, I mean, they may be able to get through that first bit of finals, whether it be um, off the second chance or not. Um, but I just think they're, they're I, I, I don't see them getting any better than a prelim, to be honest. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I can't see that. And they've proven that they combo that stage. Yeah. So... Yeah. Prove, well, please, two, Geelong, yeah. prove me otherwise or else I'm sticking with what I've seen previously. Uh, last two games, I don't know if you can even bother wasting your breath on uh, Essendon again this week. <laughs> uh, you got absolutely shellacked. It was 70 points. It was a mess. Uh, the club's a shambles, oh, I've said this. I've got no hope. I didn't. Even, I didn't even watch the game because I knew we'd get slapped. I didn't. I didn't watch the game. Right? I was just like, I'm, "This is honestly a waste of my time." To, to when a team, yeah, when you when you game. know your club clearly, evidently, it doesn't look like they're putting any effort in at all. Oh, I mean, when you, you're having a laugh last week in the huddle, like you spoke about, Domo. So yeah. you know, it just just shows shows the fans where we're at as a club. Where um, apparently it's acceptable to be okay. To at half time to be down sixty points and get smacked in games, um, and you know John Worsfold's comments no. just tipped it, tipped it, you know, tipped it over the edge, um, saying you know you can't just expect to demand success um, just because you're well, a big well, you, uh, Sorry, John, this has not been, you know, we're not just demanding success. You know, this has been an ongoing thing going for the last three years where we've been trying to uh, build to success. We've got key players in, we've got made trades, but continually you stick with the same old piece of shit game plan that has got us nowhere in an era, like I keep repeating, in an era where forward pressure is proven, repeat entry and forward pressure has um, been proven to get you wins and, and be a, a brand of football that can get you wins uh, against the top sides. And we've shown when we bring that game, we actually compete with some of the better sides, but yet we fail to do that on a weekly consistent basis. So who's yep. who's at fault here? Are the players at yep. fault somewhat? But you're at fault, mate, because you've allowed this to happen for the last three years. We've been statistically the worst team in all those categories for the last... Uh, you know, we've been in the bottom four in the comp for the last, you know, three years on that front. And it continues to go on, mate. And, like, unfortunately, I, I don't I don't know whether things are going to improve under Rutten. Um, apparently, no. he was supposed to be coaching this year and taking over. Um, some people some people want to be Just optimistic. bring him back. Some people want to be optimistic and say that he's not releasing... He doesn't want to say all his game plan because he doesn't want John Worsfold to steal his game plan. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just the most ridiculous thing. It just means that you've literally just given up a year of the club. You're like, why didn't you just sack the guy at the start of the year and just be like, here you go, here's your 12 months, have a holiday, pay him out and just put Rutten in charge. Like, I just, I don't understand it, mate. And it's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm sort of a little bit fed up with the club. Um, we're going in... in the wrong direction um, and players there who have been there for a while have are consistently doing the same things that they were doing previously. They're not showing improvement. You know, our, our midfielders still, I, I can go have a look at the stats. All I know is that none of our midfielders coming into this year, our key midfielders have a uh, disposal efficiency over 60%. And I believe based off the games I've watched this year, 
none of them will That's end this year with a disposal efficiency of over 60%. So if they're supposed to be your guys delivering the ball into 50, what hope do That's you have true. if they haven't gone and improved their kicking? So these same players are continually not getting better. Um, and then we're continually not getting better even with our game plan implementation. So that's on the coaches, part on the players. It's just ridiculous, mate. It's 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 beyond a joke. And I'm 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 sort of I'm at the point where I can just I, it, I feel I feel for Carlton supporters how they've feel over the last twenty years essentially, where you just yeah. you know you know 15, 10, 15 years maybe you know there was a bit there, you're literally just shoveling shit up here. But it's just like, you know, you, you, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's Let's just put it that way. We don't see the light. I don't see the light. Any Essendon fan out there, if you want to tell me at some point you're, you're seeing some light, enlighten me, mate. Enlighten me because I need some hope with this club. I need some hope because at the moment, the only hope is these boys right here, the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's going to be the, the best same bloody man. competitions. And... Uh, they got the the best player on the planet, LeBron James. So, yeah, it's it's not good, Your boys. Uh, North. I, I I did say to you that I was going to get stuck into North Melbourne this week, and you know what? I thought what would be a fitting treat, but to keep it for next week, uh, for the reason of we play West Coast tomorrow night, and they need percentage to uh, make it into the top four. Uh, Let's see if you guys just roll over. Or... They're currently 22% behind Geelong. They're going to have to absolutely slam us this week, but uh, I expect that to happen. So I'm going to wait till next week. And then I know I use the injury thing as an excuse. Yeah, I'm not using that shit anymore. Uh, no. Nah. If you sit down and watch North Melbourne, it was over at literally halftime against Fremantle. I, I turned it off and I came back and we ended up losing by a lovely old 64 points. Yeah, that's, that's so, cool. Come on. I, I don't care if you're playing young kids and that's the excuse. Oh, we're all, I, I use that excuse. I'll, I'll put my hand up and I'll say I, I did use that excuse, but enough's enough. Um, you can't week in, week out go, we've got all these injuries, we're playing young kids, blah, 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 this and that. We got Zebel back. We've got some experienced guys back in the team now. Just, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. I'll get into it next week because we're going to oh. get absolutely slammed. And then it'll make me be able to go into the stats and uh, fish out some more stuff to just go bang, 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 bang. Uh, they're shit. They're genuinely shit. So, and I know we, we say let's rely on the draft, but. In well, North Melbourne fashion, the draft right? can bring you success, mate. No, right. yeah, but it's not proven if you're North Melbourne and you go to the draft if it can bring you success because we've bloody delisted like seventy percent of all our draft picks because they've been we've been a shambles at the draft. And let's hope you've improved perfect, your recruiting department. That's yeah. Let's mean. let's look at this though, source. Just before we move on, in true North Melbourne fashion, we decided to finish second last. The year that COVID hit and there's no bloody amateur football being played in the state where we can even watch the kids. <laughs> That's true North Melbourne. We're going to bottom out the year that there's actually no football happening. So the draft prospects, we don't even know what they are. 
No, that's tough. That is really tough. You're literally oh. just gonna have to go on whatever highlights you can find of these of these guys. See if they, see 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 oh. if their parents have been filming their under sixteens games. See how they oh. back then. <laughs> just maybe I might even uh, put my name in the hat. Hopefully, I can get drafted. <laughs> I'd be useless, which wouldn't be a change from anything I'm watching. Hey, you just get delisted like the other seventy so, percent of guys. So we just yeah, but if I go out there and do yeah, but if I go out on a weekly basis and I do jack shit, I just. I'm exactly like every other player out there, so I fit in perfectly. So anyway, <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, we got some Formula One news, so stay tuned. All right, I love it. Three weeks in a row, F1. Oh, last week was just elite, wasn't it? Just three new guys on the podium. A first. Hold on. Yeah, I know. I know. First time Grand Prix winner last week in Gasly. Sainz on the podium for his second time. Lance Stroll first time on the podium. And then we come to this week and we get the same old crap bloody Lewis Hamilton wins again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but not for anything. Tell us about this race because this was a I am. crazy race. Oh, it was insane. Oh. So it was the thousand. Grand Prix for Ferrari. So they've decided to have it in the home of Ferrari in Mugello. Uh, it's the first time uh, they've actually driven that track in a, as a Grand Prix, the Mugello track. So first for all races. Man. Wait, first, let, before, let me just get you, for you. Ferrari's a thousandth Grand Prix, right? Do they wish they didn't have it? That oh, actually, I, I, looked they, at, I looked at the thing at the end, and I'll tell you what, it only took eight cars to get knocked out and, like, crash for them to actually finish eighth and tenth. But it, it, it literally took the whole field not to race. But they are, a sh- I, are they not ashamed of that? Uh, oh, I, genuinely reckon, I genuinely reckon if all 20 cars finish this race, they would have finished outside the top ten. Both cars. Both cars. I read a comment. Someone summed it up perfectly about Ferrari. It literally looks like Leclerc and Vettel are driving around big red tractors, like a tractor. That's how they just look so slow, so slow. They get past with ease. I, I can't believe it. It's it's embarrassing. Like I don't know what they're doing there. I say it every week. I don't know what they're doing down there. I don't. I don't know. I think they just resigned to the fact that they're not going to be competitive. Well, between. Vettel's had enough because he's he's out the door. Next year, Aston, Aston Martin next year. So Racing Point won't be Racing Point next year. They're Aston Martin F1, and Vettel will be their top driver. So we'll see what happens there. I think I'm assuming Lance Stroll will be in the second seat there. But the race was crazy. Uh, let's just say it was an awesome start to the race because Bottas overtook Hamilton, who was in pole. You get through the first corner, get through the second corner, on the third corner, safety car. So, <laughs> literally, Grosjean and Raikkonen touched. They went into the back of... So, Grosjean and Raikkonen touched. They didn't DNF, but they caused Verstappen and Pierre Gasly, who won last week, to both DNF. They crashed out of the race on the, on the fourth corner. Absolutely Not even a lap. Busted. So... They were done. Verstappen already had problems because he got to a flying start, but then he couldn't get any power out of his out of his battery. And if you watch the 
the the launch at the beginning. He just drops all the way back to like eighth and then goes into mid-pack and then jostling for position. Uh, he obviously got spun out and what happened. But Carlos Sainz also spun there, but all the cars did a good job avoiding that. So we have a safety car. So the safety car comes out. We're cleaning the debris. Bottas is first. Love and life. All right. And we're sitting there going, oh, this is shit. Bloody six laps of the race is gone on a safety car. This is boring. Seven laps are gone. Eighth lap. On the seventh lap, they go, oh, next lap, safety car's going. So on the eighth lap, safety car goes into the, into the pit. Now, the guy at the front, which is Valtteri Bottas, can set the pace however he likes. Yeah, so he's swerving, getting his, keeping his tires warm. But as soon as he crosses the finish line to start the lap, he can gun it or he can gun it beforehand. He can set the pace. Don't know what happened at all. He gets to the finish. He guns it. Everyone guns it. But before he gunned it, the mid-pack all decided that they thought that it was time to just go full pelt. And there was four cars that slammed into each other. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So those what. mid-pack guys just knuckle-headed it. They, they, they weren't supposed to yeah. speed up. You can't, you can't start speeding up until the first one starts was, speeding up. I don't know if it was Latifi that just banged it first and then or Giovinazzi. I don't know what happened there, but I'll tell you what. It was just, it was actually scary. A pr- big, big, big props to the FIA, FIA and the F1 teams on how they reinforce these cars. Because how, I'll tell you what, if this is a crash back in the 80s, 70s, 80s, where there wasn't as much protection, someone would have died in, in this crash. They were gone literally almost bloody 250 kilometers an hour and they smash into each other. It's unbelievable. So in this crash, on the straight, into the wall goes Magnussen, Latifi, Giovinazzi. Oh, I've seen it. How do you crash boy, on the straight? And my boy, Carlos Sainz, who finished second last week, DNF the week before, DNF again. I'm like, are you serious? So at this point, guys, we've, ladies and gents, we're six cars down and we're eight laps, eight, eight laps into the race. And lo and behold, what happens for a second week in a row? Red flag. Everyone comes into the pit. We've got an intermission in the race for 10 minutes. I'm going, here we go again. Fair enough because it's on the straight. There's a lot of debris. They've got to move all the cars. It makes sense. So red flag, doing what they've got to do. Race resumes, and, the, and it was quality. So lap eight, this happened, and this just overtakes everywhere. Ricardo smashing it through the mid-pack. Uh, Leclerc came out in like third, and he just all of a sudden, he just quickly went from third to bloody eighth because he's slow. Everyone's overtaking. Norris is making moves. and Danny Rick uh, couldn't hold on to that third spot. No, nah, he couldn't because Albon was too quick. So Stroll was third. Ricardo passed him. He was in third. And it was all going, oh no, so yeah, he passed him and it was all going well until we get to the 13 laps before. So 44th lap, Stroll comes around the corner, tire blows at about 300 kilometers an hour, flies straight into the wall. Thank God he was okay. Red flag again. We've got another intermission. Two in the same race. Anyway, he's sitting there during the time that they're working on cars and doing what they're doing. Um, Esteban Ocon uh, didn't finish because 
something happened with his brakes. They they caught fire and melted a part of the car, and it was, oh, it's just a mess, absolute mess. So we get back out. Uh, we have our last thirteen laps. Uh, Hamilton's clearly in front, dominating. But then there's dominating. that fight for third, and then Ricardo fought with Alex Albon, who hasn't had a, a podium finish in his career. And he did so well, and he overtook Ricardo. The Red Bulls just had so much pace, uh, and he finished third. Great race, exciting race. Few alarm bells ringing in terms of Lewis Hamilton leading races. Um, the fact that we think Mercedes as a whole is a powerhouse, and the fact that Lewis Hamilton's car can potentially, on the same tyres, still be five to ten seconds quicker than his teammate is ridiculous. Well, so, at some point, effective, people need to realise yeah. that it's got yeah. a little bit to do with his driving skill. Um, yeah, it does. It does. Not- but the car, he gets the best parts because he's the world champion. I understand all that stuff. But it's just, if his discrepancy between him and his teammate is ten seconds in a car, just imagine, like, that's why he's lapping people when he yeah. leads from the front. It's just you can't. Well, we, we we hope that the 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 regulations that they're bringing in yeah. next season will help some of the other teams potentially catch up to that pack and create a bit more exciting races. Although yeah. you know, at the moment, awesome. the exciting the part is mid pack. Yeah, as you as oh, you it's, mentioned it's elite. previously, it's good racing. Mid pack is, is so good, it's and you've so got good. some but, up, up and coming youngsters that are that are driving well and getting some podium finishes this year. So. I mean, it's it's not Definitely. all bad. We just we, we hope that there's a bit more competition, and we don't yeah. see uh, well potentially Same the way guy. Hamilton's going. He wins the next just uh, three races. He's just gonna have uh, locked up that championship. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Pretty uh, early. We'll see what happens. Uh, there's no race this week. Uh, Sochi is the next one in two weeks' time in Russia. Uh, the leaderboard ended up Hamilton, Bottas, Alex Albon in third, Ricardo fourth, Perez in fifth, my boy Norris in sixth, uh, Kvyat seventh, Leclerc eighth, Raikkonen ninth, and Vettel tenth. Uh, not for anything, Raikkonen had a five-second penalty, so he would have finished in front of Leclerc. So that just shows you the Alfa Romeo was quicker than both of the Ferraris. World Championship... Hamilton 190, Bottas 135, Starpin stayed on 110. But the mid-pack, like we said, that's the exciting stuff. Norris is now fourth in the World Championship on 65, Albon 63, Stroll 57, Ricardo 53, Leclerc somehow still there in his big red tractor on 49, Perez 44, and Gasly 43. Constructors not even going to bother. Mercedes at 325, Red Bull are 173 in second. That just shows the discrepancy there. So, yeah, stay tuned for this race in Sochi in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, hopefully we can see a different result. If we don't, well, bad luck. Right. Lewis Hamilton it is. So that's it from me, mate. Uh, what do we got coming up next? A bit of UFC. UFC oh, you've got a big card coming up, mate, Ooh. to talk about. This is juicy. All Let's right. get into it. Stay tuned. All right, Saucy, get into it. Big card this week. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, skim over the the previous re- results on the on the main card as I usually do, which was UFC Fight Night, Watterson versus Hill. 
Um, so we'll start with the featherweight division. We have Billy Quantillo versus, uh, versus Kyle Nelson. He got the, the, the KO in the third round. Uh, in the lightweight division, Bobby Green, Alan Patrick. Bobby Green got the W with the decision uh, through three rounds. Lightweight, uh, light heavyweights, uh, Ed Herman versus Michael Rodriguez. Uh, Ed Herman got the submission round three. I'll talk about this fight in a sec because I did watch it. Um, interesting stuff. Uh, a bit bizarre, but I'll mention it. Uh, women flyweight, you had Roxana, Roxanne Modafri versus uh, Andre, Adria, Adriana Adria Lee. Um, Roxanne got the win, the decision through three rounds. Um, Ottoman Azatar versus Calm Worthy. Ottoman Azatar, 13 0 now, so he's going to put his record from 12 0 to 13 0 with a KO in the first round. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it was a nice finish. And we had the women's, women's strawweight uh, division, Michelle Watterson versus Angela Hill. And Michelle Watterson got the win um, with the decision in five rounds. I'll talk about the Ed Herman, Mike Rodriguez fight. Went to three rounds. Um, through one and two rounds, Mike Rodriguez definitely on top, definitely winning the fight. Something really, really bizarre happened in the second round. Um, you know, the referee stopped the fight, um, saying that uh, Mike Rodriguez had hit Ed Herman in the in the crown jewels, um, which you know he gave him time to um, essentially recoup his um, his stamina. But on the replay, it clearly shows that he was nowhere near nowhere near hitting him in the groin area and it was more of a, a knee to the upper um, sort of like his stomach area. I don't know what the referee was stop, uh, was watching. That actually dropped Ed Herman. Um, Mike Rodriguez was about to get on top of him and potentially would have finished the fight at that point because he he'd hit him with a good knee in the midriff and it uh, looked like it had winded him. But the referee stopped the fight and called uh, for time because he believed it hit him in the, below the belt. Mike Rodriguez looked at, uh, didn't know any better. He didn't know whether he hit him or not. But the replay clearly shows it was nowhere yeah. near that region. In the end, Ed Herman's gone on to win in submission in that third round. And potentially the, the referee has cost Mike Rodriguez that fight because he was, Ed Herman was at that point when he caught that knee, was hunched over. Um, Mike Rodriguez just came in and finished him with a bunch of fists to his face because he was. He was winded. He was holding his stomach. He wasn't even didn't even had his hands up. He was hunched on the ground. He was ready to get pounced on. Um, but the, the ref does something ridiculous. Um, Dana White's actually called this some Mazzagetti level shit. Anyone who doesn't know who Mazzagetti is, just Google uh, referee Mazzagetti and controversy. He's made some of the worst decisions in the history of UFC and MMA in regards to stopping fights and things. So Dana White, that's a pretty bad thing to be compared to this guy if you're a referee being called uh, that some Mazzagetti level stuff. Um, I don't know, Dom. It was, it, was, it was a bizarre thing. Credit to Ed Herman. He did, you know, he played it like a veteran. He, he pretended like he sort of did get hit. He stayed down for a good one, two minutes, got his breath. Um, he came out, was got out of that round. And then in the third round, Mike Rodriguez was forcing the issue, but um, he was actually on top. Ed Herman somehow was able to get his arm and put 
bend his arm back behind him and get the submission. So, wow. credit to him. Um, he turned it around, but that referee, you really, really stopped you cost him. Mike Rodriguez. You cost him a fight, to be honest. You uh, cost he, him. He, he, he was about to win that fight in the second round. Um, then the other fight that I tuned in to watch was Ottoman Azatar. Obviously, I love tuning in to see guys that are undefeated uh, versus Calm Worthy. Well, let me just say, the guy bloke deserves to be undefeated because he finished him in a lazy one minute and uh, he finished him at one minute and 33 seconds. So that's like about, you know, three minutes into the round, three and a half minutes into the round. Um, he, it was pretty even. Like, you know, they were both going well, but, you know, Ottoman was able to hit him with a clean few jabs uh, and hooks to the head that shaked him. Uh, Calm tried to clench, get in the clench because he knew he was in danger. Ottoman had too much power, was able to push him off, um, not allow uh, Calm to get into that uh, clench position and get some rest because he knew he was startled. And Ottoman just from that point finished the fight. Um, Calm was upset at the end of the fight. The referee called it off, but the referee made the right decision. He literally copped uh, five blows to the head when he was on all fours on the ground didn't try to defend himself. Like, the referees would protect you as a fighter, dude. Um, you weren't protecting yourself, so it's, well, that's why the referee's there. Um, stepped in, finished the fight. Loved it. Um, but that, that's all I'll talk about. I only tuned in to see those two fights. Um, uh, what we, we do want to talk about, Tom, is this upcoming fight, this week. which is uh, UFC fight night, Covington versus Woodley. Um, oh. With some absolutely cracking fights. Let me just tell you right now. You've got the middleweight division, Kevin Holland, Darren Stewart. Um, Darren Stewart last last time came out and showed that he's back in a bit of a way. So this should be a one-to-watch, definitely about to watch. Um, you've got the women's strawweight, uh, Mackenzie Dern versus Randa Marcos. Uh, Mackenzie Dern's is 8-1 record, so definitely nice, one-to-watch out. Nice. Light heavyweight division. Everyone remember Johnny Walker. Um, versus Ryan Spann. Johnny Walker, known for his absolutely crazy knockout power. Last game, uh, in his last fight, he himself uh, was, I believe, knocked out. So he's looking to come back. I will just have to... uh, Oh, he lost lost the fight in decision. And the fight before that, he got knocked out by Corey Anderson. So he has actually lost his last two fights. Uh, when previously before that, he'd won quite a few. So we're looking for a big performance from Johnny Walker. He wants to show that he's a com- competitor in this lightweight, light heavyweight division where obviously we know John Jones has vacated the belt and that belt is That's up it. for grabs. You need to be showing you're putting your best foot forward, um, wanting your opportunity at the belt. So um, this should be a good fight. Both have a very similar record. So I'm really, really excited for that one. Uh, then you've got Kazat. Versus Chimav, uh, versus Gerald Mizukrat. So, Kamzat. Oh, this is really hard, name. I th- I'm pretty sure he's Russian or something like that. So, Kamzat, 8 and 0. You know, Doma always love tuning in watching guys that are undefeated. Um, let's see how he goes against Gerald Mizukrat, which is who has a record of 31 and 13. So, he's been around the traps, wildly old veteran. These are the fights as a undefeated guy that you need to be careful of. As we've seen with, um, uh, I can't remember his name exactly, just a few weeks back where he was undefeated, 12-0, and 0, 
and came up against a veteran. The veteran was able to get the win, so you need to be careful. Then you got the welterweight division, Donald Cerrone versus Nico Price. Um, Donald Cerrone, veteran, has, uh, he, he keeps putting his foot out there. Obviously, the man needs to feed his family, but in my opinion, uh, Donald Cerrone's past his best. Uh, I would expect Nico Price to, to, to potentially win this one. But, you know, Cerrone's shown before that he can come out and, and, and win fights. But from what I've seen in the last two fights, I just think he's, it could be time to, to lay those gloves yeah. on the floor and uh, exit the cage. But I'm not going to call it because it's UFC. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. One punch can change the fight. One kick, one knee, whatever the hell. Yeah. This is why I love watching the sport. Um, and then, Dobber. Here we go. Here what we we're go. talking about, the main event of the evening, Colby Covington. There's Tyron Woodley. Oh, this is one to watch. Back talking. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Colby Covington, uh, the number one Trump supporter in the business. He always uh, getting behind the big man, Donald. But uh, he comes up against Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley, that. that 38 years of age, uh, standing at 1.75 metres tall, weighing in at 77.1 kilos with a reach of 188 centimetres, up against Colby Covington, age 32, 1.8 metres in height, 77.1 kilos weight, 82.9 centimetres reach. So Woodley obviously got the reach on this one. This would be a really, really, really interesting fight. Um, it's been be a bit of smack talk between these oh. two guys for quite a little while. Uh, we've been wanting this one. We've been wanting this fight, Donald. Let me just, let me just tell you. Uh, let's 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 see how um, let's see how Woodley comes out. Obviously, he he won his last fight. Uh, he had he lost his fight before that. So um, let's see see what comes out of this next one. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. Oh yeah, bloody oh, it'll be a great bout. And it's a great card all round. There's there's so many fights there that are going to be entertaining. So this is definitely a card to tune in this Sunday. Um, UFC Fight Night, Colby Covington, Tyron Woodley. Tune in, ladies and gents. It's going to be a big one. And on that note, Tomer, bang, we're rolling on. on. That's it, mate. Great stuff, Saucy. Coming up next, the EPL's back. So we've got some soccer to talk. All right, we are back. It's time. Soccer's back. EPL. Let's get stuck into it, shall we? Just bang it off. Rattle off some. Rattle off some games. Started on Saturday. Your boys, the Gunners, three 0 over Fulham. Looked very, very good. Look, uh, look solid, Doma, and I'm happy commanding. about the performance. But you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's no, 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 I no. Two early weeks, days. Two yeah. games time, we've got Liverpool, and this is what I said to my friends. You know, let's see where we're at when we come up against yeah, the, 100%. The, the, the league against side, the big guns. The best guns. Uh, Leicester, 3-0 over West Brom. Was expected, to be honest. Um, Leicester were way too strong. Uh, Newcastle, after their... their, their uh, what's, what, the interest from that new buyer backed out. They came out. 2-0 uh, over West Ham. Good win. Oh. Yeah, I watched that game, Dom. I watched that game, and Newcastle were were the better side. I don't know what, what's the go with West Ham. You know, they've they've um, they've, they've brought a few few players in, and and, and we'll, we'll see. You know, early days, obviously West Ham mid mid table team, but 
um, you know, with, with some of the investment that's been put into that club in the, in the last bit, they would be hoping that they'd be pushing for those Europa League spots this season. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be all so easy. It's a bit of a struggle. Uh, I think we'll get to the, this game last. So we'll, we'll go on to uh, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Wilfred Zaha netted in this game. Not surprised. Crystal Palace are actually very good uh, organisation. Organization. They actually, funny thing is, they haven't won. I think an opening game at their home home ground for the thirteen seasons in a row that they hosted a home uh, an opening game. So they broke a bit of a drought there. Got the win over Southampton. Grinded it out. They were unlucky not to have a couple more uh, due to offside. Uh, they were all over Southampton. Uh, Everton. Beat the Spurs. Our mate, Jose Mourinho, lost 1-0. Uh, I didn't catch any of this game, so not quite sure how... Yeah, I, I, I tuned in. I, I watched the replay. Um, I mean... yeah, Rodriguez uh, played? It, Rodriguez played, and he was good, man. And I think he's yeah, going to be good. He's a good player. He's going to be good for um, Everton. He's top-class player. Brings more quality. And I think Everton could potentially... You know, we expected them last season with all those players that they brought in to take a next step and try, you know, push for those, um, maybe try push for that the, the, the top four or push for that fifth spot to potentially get into a Champions League playoff spot. Um, I think that's where Everton sees himself as a club with some of the investment and players that they brought in, which, you know, rightfully so. Let's hope they can put it together this season because, um, you know, that's that's start. That's you know these are the sort of that's sides. That's you want. Yeah, you got to beat um, Spurs, Tottenham away as so, well. It's a yep. game for good solid. Win. Um, nothing I really liked about Spurs side. I think Spurs are going. Spurs fans Probably. are going to get frustrated very quickly with uh, Jose Mourinho yeah. because we 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 know what sort of game style he plays. Very it's defensive. defensive. Um, completely different to Pochettino, who liked to get on the ball, liked to play that nice, beautiful style of football. Jose Mourinho is all about defense first. Um, maybe this second. can win. Maybe this can. Oh, well, there's talks that they could potentially get Gareth Bale back. I mean, they've got enough talent there, Spurs. They've got enough talent there. They I think do. they, they do. Sure do. It would be good if they could bring in a, a, a Bale quality player, a player of that quality, uh, at least another player into the club. Um, I agree. But definitely, yeah. well, let's let's see what happens. Let's under, just wait and see what happens. It is yeah, opening week. His last league. two stints at clubs haven't yeah. been too good, so let's see if he's going to yeah. be better this time. Next one up was uh, a good way to, uh, for Chelsea to ease in uh, their new new additions to their side. They travelled to Brighton and they beat them three uh, one. Not surprised there. Uh, Chelsea are, as we said. Last week, probably going to be a stronger outfit once again with uh, the three signings that they had in the off-season. So. Yeah, it just depends on their chemistry and how quick they Yeah, correct. Quick. And, I mean, having some of these easier teams earlier in the season um, and they haven't – I think they've, they've played a couple of uh, preseason games. Um, so, I mean, it's if, if, if that clicks, you know, they're, they're all yeah. they're within a chance to potentially Definitely. go deep into the season. And it, it also depends on how good you can start these first 10 games because as we've seen, Domo, what's, what's happened last year, um, first 10 games was literally just Liverpool and Man City just winning it all. Well, exactly. And then after that, it just became a two-horse race to the end of the season until Liverpool was able to pull away. Um, so yeah. it's crucial that you win these early games if you have any chance of uh, 
being there at the end of the season. Definitely. Uh, Wolves then beat Sheffield uh, 2-0. Good win for them. And then this was the game that we were waiting for, and it didn't disappoint. Leeds United's first game back in the Premier League against uh, Liverpool at Anfield. They did lose 4-3, but there was some promising stuff there for Leeds, but also some worrying stuff for Liverpool fans. I know it's first game back. Um, they're probably still in party mode from winning the title. So uh, very, very rare error by Virgil van Dijk that set up uh, Bamford to score for Leeds, which was which was great. It was, it was honestly great to see Leeds kicking goals at Anfield. And yeah, it was, it was good. Game. It was awesome. It was so good. Uh, it if was it wasn't it- for an 88-minute pen for Mohamed Salah, they probably scored a hat trick. Yeah, they would have walked away with a with a with a draw. And mind you, if you haven't seen Mo Salah's second goal, it was an absolute ripper. He absolute pearler, Dommer. Absolute pearler. Um, I watched that game, start to finish. Great, uh, great spectacle for a soccer game. Four three Premier League. You, this is what you want. You want goals. Um, Obviously, Liverpool just just the better side in the end, but you know, not for anything. Leeds United, and I've I've watched a few of their games last season in, in uh, the championship. championship. Yeah, you know the the, the football that they play, the football that they play. I'm telling you, they are gonna they are going to um they're gonna scare a few teams, and I think some of those teams that are in the bottom to mid half of the table should be. Weary coming up against Leeds United. Um, they've also got their striker, which they they bought in. I can't remember his name, but they're waiting for him to come back potentially, and he will probably lead the line instead of Bamford. And Bamford will come yeah. off the bench, so they've got some improvement to come. But just the football and, and and you know the way that they played out from the back. I don't know whether this is a change of um, change of the guard in football in general, where you got more teams, even the lower teams, trying to play this nicer brand of football, putting uh, passes together straight from the, the the goalkeeper, essentially. You know, they're, they're doing things like passing out from the back, right outside the box and building plays. They even, they scored two goals doing it that way, um, essentially building it out from the back. So, I mean, they play a beautiful brand of football. So, if they keep playing that way, um, in that manner, they are going to be in the Premier yeah. League next season and they should remain yeah. uh, in the top flight, which should yeah. just be their goal for this season. Their goal That's exactly right. We said that last week. In we just want them to stay up. Yeah, we just want them to stay so, up. That's literally what we were hoping for. But right, we'll move if they on play to like the... that, Dom, I can see them finishing around 10th, 11th on the table. Yeah, 100% they can. For sure. Yeah. They, they play a great brand of football, really attacking and, like you said, just great like structure and setup from the keeper to get the ball moving, which is... Which is good. You want clubs like that. They're already, we can already say they're better than a few teams down the bottom just based off that first game. Yeah. So, true. Uh, coming into this week, uh, we've got a full lineup here, mate. We've got a big, big lineup. Uh, Everton kick it off against West Brom. Uh, then on Sunday, Leeds have their first home game back in the Premier League against Fulham. I think they will get the win this week. Uh, Fulham, I think, are in a bit of trouble there under under the management of Scotty Parker. I think they might be in a bit of a bit of a bit of trouble. Uh, they just they don't look the best. I know it's off one game. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, they can uh, gel on the new system and 
be more competitive. Yeah, look, look let's let's see how they go uh, against yeah. the opposition that's probably more at their level um, and see how they go. I expect there to be goals in this game. Um, I'm predicting a scoreline of uh, Leeds, you know, three two something along those right. lines. I think I think Leeds uh, will will concede goals at times because they play such an attacking style of of game. But against these lower sides, they're more than capable of, of banging banging in goals. Um, Fulham, they 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 were lackluster against Arsenal. I watched that game, obviously after my team, so of course I watched that game. Um, they they passed the ball side to side, side to side, side to side, side to side. Didn't really penetrate our defence. Um, I think they should be, you know, getting Mitrovic on there, getting him to lead the line, yeah. getting those wing guys, and getting balls into the box and base your game around that. Try get some second balls. Um, obviously pass it out from the back at times. But, you know, use your big guy up front and maybe try bypassing some of that midfield area where at times um, Arsenal was able to catch them in the midfield on the ball and win the ball back in favourable positions, which, you know, is, is never good, especially if you're a low, uh, like a lesser of a team, you know what I mean, like mid-table pack team. You can't be giving the ball up in midfield in, uh, in your defensive half where they did at times. Um, that's just a recipe for trouble. So yeah. uh, I think they need to vary their game up more. I think they try to play too much passing style instead of maybe at times going a bit more direct and mixing up their game a bit more. So I think that's where they can be better. We'll see how they go against uh, essentially another championship level side you know, in that sense. You know, that leads just up. Um, Fulham, uh, did they get just get promoted as well, or, I believe? They, uh, second season. Second season. Though. Second season, yeah. So... Yeah. We'll see what happens there. It'll be a great game. Uh, the next one up, my boys finally getting on the park against Crystal Palace. Uh, very confident we should get a win here. I expect a lot more from United to definitely just solidify a Champions League spot this year, not have to really battle for it at the end of the season. Uh, the talent's there. I know we're still trying to get a few guys, but we have in, in the past against Leeds come away with draws. Uh, whether it is at Old, Old Trafford or away at Palace. But we'll see what happens. Uh, your boys then come up against West Ham, Emirates Stadium. Uh, you should the big news one. coming out of the week, Bum Young signed his signed. new contract. Happy days at Arsenal. Everyone's happy, so we're going to win this one. Uh, I think uh, we'll, we'll right. win this. Nah, well, I think we'll, I'll go with the 2-1 score one. I think we, we'll, make it, oh, we'll yeah. somehow make it harder for ourselves what it, what it should be, but um, we should be able to get the win. Easy. Southampton uh, versus Spurs is next up. So Spurs are travelling away. See how they go at St. Mary's. Uh, look, we'll see. We'll you know, there's, there's one thing... Get a good look at them this week. Yeah, so, we'll be able to get a, good, a, a decent look at them. Like, obviously, they're coming against Everton last week, which is probably, you know, an upcoming side. side. They're, they're a decent side. side. Um, you just have to see... Where they're they're going to be at? I think Everton's got Ancelotti as the coach now, which I think that's that's like a super upgrade. That is, you know, Ancelotti's a great coach. Anyone out there who knows football, the guy is 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 a maestro. He's coached some of the best sides in the world. Um, so yeah, definitely an upgrade on the coach from last season. Let's see what happens with uh, Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho, and uh. 
and the Spurs this week. Let's let's see if they can turn it around and get the win at St. We'll Mary's. See. I would think St. Mary's would be a cool place to go uh, when it's rocking and, and, and cocking with all the bands in there yeah. and they get loud. Um, but without the fans, you know, I, I think Tottenham should be looking to to yeah, get a win. win um, try keep a clean sheet. You know, I think this is a typical, could be a typical uh, Jose Mourinho style win, 1-0, 2-0 Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle, Brighton, next up. Newcastle should really get that done. I don't see Brighton staying up by the end of the season. Yeah, uh, Leicester, look, yeah, tough one, Brighton. I think I think they're going to be they're going to struggle this season. Yeah, they have a team that's probably going to go down. Uh, Leicester then play Burnley. Uh, Leicester, mate, what a team! What a team they've become. So they'll get that get that sewn up. Villa against Sheffield United. That's a that's a pick'em. Uh, Wolves against Man City. Uh, Man City's first game of the Premier League season. Uh, be good to see uh, Messi get out there. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't quite that's happen, ladies and gentlemen. That's what, that's what I was wishing I could say. Uh, but it looks like they will probably sign Koulibaly. So there you go. They're going to get Koulibaly and then get Messi next year. So they'll be even, even better. Uh, but then the last game is the game of the week. Chelsea versus Liverpool, Stamford Bridge. Uh, looking forward to this one. Champions against Chelsea. Whew, see what happens. This will be, be a good game. Really good. I think really um, good game. We we see we see you know both teams scoring. Uh, this this should be a um, good contest. I can't I can't I can't see. Um, like I mean, obviously they've just conceded four goals, uh, three goals to Leeds. I can definitely see Chelsea netting. Uh, I can't, see Chelsea, yeah. I can't see Chelsea keeping a clean sheet against Liverpool in that front, no. front attack. So there's uh, both teams definitely going to score. It's just a matter of which team's going to be able to bang in a couple extra on either side. Um, you know, may, maybe if... Uh, I think regardless of whether Chelsea had fans at the game or not, I'm still picking Liverpool at this point in the season, this early in the season. Um just because they're form side of the last two years, essentially. So, and Chelsea, a few new players, getting a few more chemistry uh, things to nut out, I believe. But um, they're on the They'll up. They'll get Chelsea. there, I reckon. They're on the up. Yeah, they've made some definitely. really good signings. Timo Werner, he's definitely a gun. Oh, he's um, a gun. A couple of the other signings that they've made there, big names. So, um, they're on the way up. They're definitely on the way up. Definitely. There habits. you go. They've got habits as well. Habits. Well, let's look at the, the positive thing for you as an Arsenal fan. You are sitting on top of the ladder at the moment, so that's great. We'll see how long that lasts. But, <laughs> see where, let's see where we are sitting after December, like uh, how we always cock it up every year in December. Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. There's our take there for the soccer. Looking forward to this week's games. Uh, coming up next, a bit of football, NFL. Let's get into it. All right, week one down, week two, NFL's back. It was great. There was a lot of upsets last week. <laughs> there was a fair few upsets. A lot of, a lot of upsets, Thomas. Some, some interesting results, some chokes. Oh, there were some chokes. We'll get straight into it. Uh, Texans at Chiefs. Tell you what, there ain't no Super Bowl hangover down in Kansas City. Uh, Deshaun Watson can do whatever he wants. Without DeAndre Hopkins there, uh, after he got traded away, the Chiefs and Mahomes just looked... Oh, 
I haven't missed a step really getting back into it. Uh, that, as we know, they'll be up there right at the end again. Uh, probably the biggest choking, uh, Philly at Washington. Uh, we know Washington's had some controversy in the offseason. Uh, mate, they were down 17 nothing. That is a monumental choke. And they just you know, stuffed it up. I, I, I just thought, regardless of, of everything, um, Philly, they had enough. They had enough there to, to be able to nut out a win. Um, but, you know, up 70 zip and, oh, you, no. and you choke to that Washington side. Haskins at quarterback. Is that, is that, is that, is that the bloke? Yeah, name? Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, Haskins at quarterback. I mean, come on. Wentz, you've got to be better. Well, I think, you know, his offense has got to be better at protecting. He's got sacked three times. Um, he had a couple turnovers. He had a fumble. So, oh, really disappointing from Eagles. Like, I mean, even though they've got a, a bunch of injuries, I thought, you know, week one, you've got injuries. I think, you know, you, you come out here, you get this win um, going into next week, this week where they're, where they're facing a tougher opponent. I think, you know, this was a game that they needed to win. Um, and, yeah, this really disappointing. It is. It was extremely disappointing. Uh, next one up. Your boys, well, not your boys, your mate, one of your favorite players with a quarterback rating in uh, week one of 143.1, completing 31 or 35 throws. So the Seattle Seahawks are uh, playing up the Atlanta Falcons. That man is my favorite Falcons. player in the league. Like, he's just so he's consistent. Just he's Mr. Consistent. Um, I'm a bit annoyed at myself because I looked, I looked at that line during the week. I think it was two and a half points, and I, I, I wanted to take it. That was the gut feel. Um, but, you know, I, I listened to into a couple of uh, NFL pods. Um, people weren't really liking Seattle. I let that sway my decision. I should have just gone with my gut, Donald, because I wanted to make that as a bet, and I'm annoyed that I didn't. Uh, but <laughs> Russell Wilson, let's, let's just not shade over the fact. The, man, the man is an absolute monster. Um, oh, he missed so the consistent. And uh, just just run us off what he's going for there, Tom. He's just, just an absolute wizard. Oh, yeah. He averaged 9.2 yards of throw, four TDs, uh, rating of 143.1. He also rushed for 29 yards. Uh, it was just amazing. DK Metcalf was good. He uh, received a rank of 95. He was good, but He's the good. Atlanta receiving is the thing that was very interesting. So, Matty Ice, 98.5 quarterback rating uh, through 37 to 54 for 450 yards. Julio Jones had receiving for Atlanta 157 yards. Kelvin Ridley had 130 yards receiving. And Russell Gage had 114 yards receiving. He's massive. Yeah, absolutely. And they, uh, as if you don't know, Todd Gurley, who got cut by the Rams, is at Atlanta and he carried 14 times for 56 yards. So, not bad. Not too bad. But, uh, you know, you know, I like Russell Wilson. I think, even though Seattle, they've they've made their defense isn't what it used to be, I just think Russell Wilson and that offense. Has a lot of power, and I can, you know, he's what put up thirty-eight points. Come on, it's uh, 
it's going to be tough for some teams. And, and you know, Matty Ice and, and the Atlanta Falcons showed that they can move the ball down the field. They can move I mean, the ball, definitely. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that's alarm bells for Atlanta Falcons. No. You know, I'd, still, I'd still be quite confident. I mean, you've lost to a, to a good side, in my opinion. I think you can still potentially push for, for playoffs um, in that in your division and maybe get a wild card spot. So, um, yeah. It's, yeah, I just think they got beaten, beaten by the, the Bruins. That is Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, more than exactly the fact right. that more than the fact that you know uh, maybe Seattle is a better team or not a better team. You don't know. I just think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback. And He's a guy. Quarterback being the best, the most important position in NFL. That's where games can be won and lost. Exactly. Uh, next up, we had the Jets against the favorites to win. Uh, the division, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen played really well, 33 for 46. Stefan Diggs, his first game uh, at the Bills, uh, averaged 10.8 receiving yards on 86 total. He had nine targets. It was awesome. Uh, Sam Darnold, pretty average, but the Jets are average, so not much yeah. to expect there. And uh, they are shocking, the Jets. Yeah, and I really you know, feel for our boy Gary V because he's a massive Jets fan. He is and a massive. He, fan. You, you can't buy that organization quick enough because they don't seem to improve year on year. Yeah, um, they're just struggling. Uh, next up, the Bears at Detroit stole the win. Mitchell Trubisky. We spoke about him last week. He beat out Nick Foles for the starting quarterback job. Not a bad effort. Got the win away. Uh, Danny Amendola. Old uh, New England uh, receiver down there now at Detroit. Matt Stafford, he struggled. Struggled a bit. Adrian Peterson was really good for Detroit. Uh, He carried for 93 rushing yards on an average of 6.6, but Chicago was too strong there. Uh, Next up, my boys got slapped against New England. They just weren't up for it. 21 to 11. Uh, Fitzmagic. There was no, there was no magic about a forty-four point six quarterback rating with uh, three interceptions. It was more, it was just a disgrace. Look, to be honest, it was terrible. Yeah, look, let, you know, it's probably an easy game for, for for New England and Cam Newton to come out and um, yeah. yeah, to start off with with um, Miami. Uh, I could, you know, we 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 can't really see them being too too good. This season, no, so no. Um, we we always come good in the second half. We band together a few things, but Tua expect Tua to start probably towards the end of the year. Yeah, I think it's just next important time, to yeah. get games under his belt and improve for next season. So exactly. So it's just a it's just literally just a waiting game. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Your boys, well, another I keep saying your boys, but your man, Aaron Rodgers. Packers beat Minnesota 43-34. This was a great game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw for four TDs and a rating of 127.5. Kirk Cousins threw for 259 yards at a quarterback rating of 118.6. So some high-level quarterback. Yeah, some offensive game. Like These are the games in NFL that you you want to watch. Um, Heats of offense. And, you know, I've, I've said... You know, that, that Green Bay offense with Aaron Rodgers leading it, um, it can be as potent as any offense in the league, but it all depends on that man, Aaron Rodgers, and him being able to be protected yeah. um, and, 
you know, protected. I don't just mean like obviously not, you know, his team protecting him, but protecting him from getting injured because, you know, it's exactly. been proven um, that he's quite injury prone, you know, going through the latter part of his career. But he's also proven that when he is fit, he's still a top five quarterback in this league. So, um, you know, if they can keep him fit, they're within a chance of winning that division. I think I did have them on top. And I think if he stays fit throughout the season, season they do win that division. Um, I'm quite confident on that point. But, um, yeah, good win. Good win, definitely. Very good win. Uh, Early divisional win, I believe. That's um, Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, Minnesota is in the yeah. division. Uh, next up, the Las Vegas Raiders. First game under the, the new branding, beat the Carolina Panthers. Derek Carr came out, played very well, actually, which was good. Uh, beat Carolina. They're a bit all over the place. Teddy Bridgewater, their new quarterback. Not happy, Tom. Not happy. Took the plus three on Carolina. Thought they could uh, cover that and got beat by points on my bets. Um, anyone who, who doesn't know, I'll, I'll, I'll put the update out on uh, on the socials with uh, how my bets went from last week and where we're, where we're sort of sitting at with our current pool. And um, we'll uh, be mentioning the bets on we'll be having this week. At the well, this is one team that didn't help your betting cause uh, in the slightest. Your actual team, the Indianapolis no. Colts, lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gardner Minshew threw for three TDs on 173 yards with a QB rating of 142.3. He came out and uh, outplayed Philip Rivers, who had a TD in his first game as the Colts started. I thought QB. they were tanking for Taylor Lawrence. Though. They got they got their number one quarterback right here. Uh, Garner, I, I told you who should be tanking for Taylor Lawrence, mate. I reckon Taylor Lawrence is the second coming of Troy Aikman. I reckon the Dallas Cowboys should just freaking pack it in. Why the hell do you want Dak Prescott? You can get... Trevor Lawrence, who put the same production as Dallas in the first bloody week. Yeah, but I'm not. I'll get to Dallas. I don't just Look, Dallas. Let, let, let's let's stay on this point because this is this. I'll tell you right now, this is an unacceptable loss for the Indianapolis Colts. Oh no! You know, I, I called you guys to, to win the division, um, and you've lost the divisional game to Jaguars, arguably the worst team in the comp. They've they've clearly traded out all their talent. Um, just not good enough, to be honest. No, just not, not good enough. Um, you know, they 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 were outscored in the last quarter to you know ten to three. They had no 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 heart, no no show of, of wanting to win the game. I mean, turned over the ball two times. Um, I think he threw. Uh, yeah, he had two interceptions. Philip Rizzers. but you know, this is this is where we're at. Um, we've never been able to run the ball over the last three sort of seasons. We've had no running game. It's been non-existent. Um, and still, you know, our top running guy finished with 28 yards. I'm not exactly sure exactly how many running yards we were able to push down the, uh, down the uh, thing. I'm just going to get it up here, ladies and gents. There we go. Yeah, total yards, 440, uh, 445. But our total rushing yards of only 88. You know, in retrospect, you had um, they had 241 yards in total, and uh, 91 of their yards were rushing. So they actually beat us in the rushing. And you know, when you're asking Philip Rivers to throw 46 times, um, it's always going to be a danger game because you know, although I think Philip Rivers is an upgrade on Jacoby Brissett, there's no doubt about it. Um, it's shown in the past when Philip Rivers is, is, is 
guns it around. He can prone to interceptions and turnovers. So I think we need to establish a running game. We need to be able to, you know, get over 100 yards rushing, um, you know, be able to get some early early uh, rushing yards in those early downs to make it a bit easier on Rivers so he doesn't have to um, be so pressured on third downs. You know, his third down, he was uh, four, of, uh, four of 12 from third down. So, you know, not the best. Um, but, no, just, you know, we've we, we got to get, get less, less into those um, situations. Uh, listen to those situations. So, um, yeah, got to be better, man. Well, got to be better. Well, you're a lot better than uh, the offensive powerhouse that that uh, played uh, the Super Bowl favorites in the next game. So the offensive powerhouse, uh, Cleveland Browns, put up six points in the first <laughs> in the first quarter. No, but they are an offensive powerhouse. I'll read you their names on their team. You'll be like, wow, they put up six points with these guys. So six points. And then got shut out in the last three quarters. They scored a zip. They lost 38-6. to Lamar Jackson had a QB rating of 152.1 with three TDs and gave him a bath. As simple as that. He destroyed them. He was uh, the leading, leading rushing uh, player on his team, let alone, the, obviously, the leading passing guy because he's the QB. It was just, so it, he's it was just literally done it a joke. The man's a wizard. But it's just it was just insane. Like this is some of the guys that they have on their team. Uh Cleveland, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, uh Odell Beckham Jr., Austin Hooper. Like, come on, man. Like it's <sighs> Wow. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they've got to be doing better. But you know, once again, Doma, this is the Cleveland Browns. They have been so yeah. bad for so long. Um, Baker Mayfield you know, did nothing to help. Baker him. Mayfield, you know, he's not doing anything to help himself. Uh, he, he hasn't shown that he, he has, he's going to be taking that next step. You know, they did come up against one of the favourite teams, so we'll uh, see how they go against uh, their opposition this week, uh, the Bengals, which is, you know, I feel maybe potentially a team more in their their vicinity. Um, you know. I'll tell you what, well, we'll get, actually get to that game because that was the next one up. <laughs> Joe Burrow had a better quarterback rating than Baker Mayfield had anyway. He played the Chargers. He didn't play against, obviously, elite defense like an offense that Baltimore well, had. Well, but... didn't play against elite defense, but he played against but he the, up. He played the well. other side of the ball with uh, the two corners in the, the Chargers lineup, both being pro ballers previously. So they're no scrubs, let me tell you. Um no and way. If it wasn't for anything, that ta- that game should have gone to uh, overtime. Um, Miss the kick, guy m- missing yeah. the regulation field goal, um, and Hit the Burrow post. actually <laughs> went eight of ten on his last drive down the field and led him up to that point to actually equal the game. Um, he looked good. He looked really good. You know that, that that's what you want to know. That's what you want to know. Like. Maybe he was a bit phased, uh, a bit overawed in the early parts of the game, but come crunch time, he was able to step up, which is, you know, more uh, shows more what he can do than, uh, you know, that sense with that late game, two minute drill, like they like to call it in the NFL, um, being able to, 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 to go down the last two minutes, two and a half minutes, and, you know, lead a potential um, drive that's going to keep you in the game or win the game. So, um, definitely. Yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. I think it's it's good signs from uh, from Joe Burrow the early days. So let's see how he keeps going, tracking 
going forward. Exactly. Next up was a massive upset um, to my Super Bowl pick, who I predicted was going to win it. The San Francisco 49ers lost to the Arizona Cardinals. And as we said last week, that DeAndre Hopkins addition uh, was a blessing for Kyler Murray and uh, his offense. DeAndre Hopkins on 16 targets had 14 receptions for 151 yards. He played very, very well. Uh, Kyler Murray... Rushed for uh, 91 yards. Yeah, rushed for 91. Uh, QB rating a 78.1 off 26 of 40 for 230 yards. One TD, one interception. It was, it was good. Uh, Garoppolo... Play well. Can't say he didn't play well, but uh, they just couldn't get the chocolates, mate. Uh, they played really well at the end, and they came up big in clutch time. Uh, Arizona got a, uh, they literally got a touchdown right at the end of the game, and that booked in the, the victory. That's yeah, that, that that's a good win, Dom. You ask me. So. Oh, massive! Win. Uh, that's massive that's win. that's probably a game that Arizona gets the victory at the start of the season, and probably not looking at it going thinking that they can win that game. It's more like, I mean, you know, most people will be like, oh, this is potentially a win for San Francisco. But the fact that they'll be able, they were able to outscore them in the last quarter and put on 14 points to seven. Um, Kyle and Murray, huge, you know. It's just, it's, it's ups. Um, you know, we, I, I believe that, that teams would be able to work out Kyle and Murray in his second season after having a bit of a year of, you know, footage of him in the pro level. Um, but, the guy looks like he's elusive, a super elusive. Um, he's got that elite foot, uh, similar to Russell Wilson. Not to say he's to Russell Wilson's caliber yet, but you know when you've got that ability to be able to keep plays alive and scramble and, and you know makes stuff happen for your team, especially in tough spots. That's what you need from your quarterback. Um, 100%. He's the leader of your team, so when you've got a guy like that, that's that's doing stuff like that. And it just brings up the other players to, to bring up their standard of play. So, you know, we don't know what could happen to the Cardinals. They've, they've got a good offense. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe we underestimated them this season. Maybe we did. Well, maybe we'll we did. see. We don't, we, we don't know. It's week one. It's week one. Yeah. There's no preseason games. It's really, really hard to, to get some formula, some, some chemistry within your team. I think as sort of week two, week three, comes out, then we'll sort of be seeing the teams that are, that are going Definitely. to be in it properly. It will emerge as the better ones. Uh, I'll quickly just smash through these so we can get through yes. um, next week so then you can give it your, your bets. Uh, Pittsburgh, good return for Roethlisberger. Uh, three TDs, beat New York. New York's still not up to it. Um, they're struggling a bit. Saquon Barkley, unfortunately, 15 carries for six yards on an average of 0.5 of a yard so not great for him uh, next then we had Titans versus Broncos uh, where's our boy here Koskowski where is he missed three field goals in a row he was getting bagged I got a notification on my phone six minutes later I get another, another notification Stephen Goskowski's kicked the game winning field goal so everyone was bagging him but and when it counted, later, he came up clutch. Like, you can miss 20 field goals, but if you kick the one that wins it, that's all that matters. It's all forgotten. So, it's all forgotten. Good win. Drew Locke looked all right uh, in his first game. Uh, I think, pretty sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Did you, did, you, did you mention the, the New Orleans 
Getting no, no, I'm getting that. I've kept the, these two to the last. Oh, here we go. Yeah, we've got uh, my boys, that I my second favourite team behind the Dolphins, Dallas Cowboys. Ah, jeez. Dak did all right. He had a QB rating of 92.5. But I'll tell you one thing with Dak. We should do this every week. This is like our Brisbane Lions stat with their kicking efficiency. The yards that he throws, yeah? He was 25 for 39. I promise you, I promise you, Dak will have no more than five games this season or four games. Actually, no, no, let's be realistic. You only have four games where he throws over 330 yards. Four games. That's it for the whole season. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's not good enough. I've called that. I've called that now. I've put that in existence. He doesn't know how to do it because he's dinking Dak's, as they say. He just, yeah, fuck. They just shit me up the wall, goes. Just tank. Tank, get Trevor Lawrence. I'm sick of Dak. He's not the future, but they are loaded on the offense with Cooper, Lamb, Gallup, and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. So, I mean, Zeke ran for 96 yards. So, I mean, good, I don't know man. what more you wanted them to do. I think, you know, Zeke was good. It, and not for anything, Dommer. He had the opportunity. He got the ball back, fourth quarter, two minutes 20 on the clock. Two-minute drill, that's why you get paid the big bucks as the quarterback because you're supposed to be able to run your team down there on a game-winning drive, get the touchdown and secure the W. Um, he was unable to do it. And, you know, it's, no, it's not the first time that that's the case and teams have put that on him. Um, but that's the knock on him, Domo. When it comes to crunch time and, those, you know, those those times where you need your quarterback to step up and lead a game-winning drive like we're seeing the, 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 the better quarterbacks do on multiple occasions, your Russell Wilsons, your Drew Brees... Um, you know, your Brady's, um, he's unable to do it. No, he's just struggled. He really has. Uh, the last game to cover was New Orleans against the Tompa Bays, as they've been calling them, the Tompa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. Good start for my Super Bowl pick. Good start. Your Super Bowl pick came out big. Uh, Drew Brees played very, very well. Tom Brady uh, struggled. It's first game in the new team. He was 2-2, two and two, so two TDs, two interceptions. Yeah, he got outplayed. The whole team got outplayed. Um, uh, he said that after the game. He said we need yeah, to be did. better. We were outplayed. They look good, um, but shit, they look good. Yeah, uh, but New Orleans, you know, people were worried uh, with a bit of the controversy was going on, but it seems as though they've... they've, they've swept that stuff under the carpet in the locker room and, and just here to play some football. Um, and this this is why I like them, you know. Uh, they, they had the opportunity here to get the jump early on, potentially the only other team that could give them any trouble in that division. Um, yeah. They've got that, got that win. And I think Tampa Bay will have a few things to work on. But, you know, don't underestimate uh, the other guy that was key in New England, and that's uh, Bill Belichick. Um, 100%. You know, he, he, he was a master at play calling, a master at, you know, situational games and managing clock and just a genius, right? Just when it comes down to the nitty-gritty details that, that you need to do to execute down the stretch to win games in football, um, he's a master. So I think there's going to be a bit of a learning thing and no, no uh, pre-seasons definitely hurt the, the, the Buccaneers in my view. Um, so we'll see how they they go over the next sort of three games, and let's let's see where we're at. Yeah, and that. I'm not, you know, it's a, no alarm bells. I think this was a game when I looked at it, I expected New Orleans to to win, um, and that's just because 
the the no preseason factor. So there's always yeah. going to be chemistry issues. New Orleans had a great year last year, um, and they've only just bolstered their sort of roster. They haven't really made big cuts. They they see that they've still got opportunities. So yeah. definitely, we'll see how they go. I'll, I'll just quickly run through the games this week, and we'll get into your your bets. Uh, we've got bets. Bengals at Browns. Jags at Titans, Panthers at Buccaneers, Broncos at Steelers, Rams at Eagles, 49ers at Jets, Bills at Dolphins, Vikings at Colts, Lions at Packers, Falcons at Cowboys, Giants at Bears, Washington at Cardinals, Chiefs at Chargers, Ravens at Texans, Patriots at the Seahawks, which is a big one, and then the final game of the, of the week, the Saints at the Raiders. So, Saucy, give us what you've got in store right, for this here we week. Go. Here we go. So, ladies and gents, look, I'll just I'll just run it through the the, the uh, last week. So, obviously, last week I had uh, Baltimore minus seven. They uh, comfortably uh, smashed that. I want to actually do a bit more percent, but I was just playing safe. Week one, I was unsure what's going to happen. I had Carolina plus three. We obviously lost that. Um, San Diego Chargers, I had them over 22 and a half points. They obviously ended only on 16 points, so I uh, scrapped that. Then I had uh, the other one was I had a multi where I had Colts minus three, Arizona versus uh, San Francisco game over 41.5 points, which that ended over 41.5 points. I had Green Bay Packers plus eight and a half. That ended that way. So uh, if the Colts didn't stuff us, we would have had a positive week coming out of that even if we got that multi. But typical Colts fashion, uh, you let me down my team so you can get stuff and might not be betting on the rest of the season. Um, so going into week two, going into week two, um, Here we go. I'm, I'm, we're going to go, uh, we're starting it off yeah, Thursday night football, Friday morning uh, here in Australia. We're going. We're taking the Bengals on the line plus six uh, oh. with the Browns. I believe you know the way that Joe Burrow was able to move the ball. Um, I believe that the the Bengals will be able to move the ball against that Browns defense, who uh, aren't the best. You know, considering they just gave up thirty six points, I think they'll be able to move the ball. They'll be able to keep this game uh, close. The only thing that worries me is the number is of a key number of seven, which is a uh, Touchdown, a TD. Um, So that's probably the only thing that worried me, but that's why I'm only taking it for 1%. So Bengals plus six. Um, Bang. Then we are going to take the – let me just have a look at the the week two here. We are going to take the Ravens. Uh, They're coming up against – we're going to back the Ravens in again to – at Houston, but don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, these games are played without fans. So, really, how much of a home field advantage is it? Uh, we, they're minus seven on the line. Um, Baltimore Ravens over Houston. I think you know. I think they win this game, and if they, they do, do win, they they win by a touchdown minimum. So, I like that it, we've been able to secure the the number of seven. Maybe this gets bet a bit heavier, um, and it, that number jumps up to seven and a half. So, I'd suggest. If you can find a seven out there, getting a seven, I've taken that for uh, 1% of our betting bankroll. Um, then I will move on to the next one. So the next one, I'm taking the Green Bay Packers, uh, minus six on the line uh, at home. 
to the Detroit Lions. I think after what I've seen from Detroit last week and after what I've seen from Green Bay, I think this is an easy cover. Um, I've taken it for 2% of betting bankroll. Um, so that's uh, minus six Green Bay Packers. I think they're easily winning by a touchdown or more. So uh, that's why I'm going with the minus six. And last but not least, a big 3% of bankroll, which if Whoa. anyone who's unsure, uh, we only bet maximum 3% of the bankroll, the whole uh, betting um, bankroll management, which I have put an article up on our Twitter and pinned it to the top. So anyone who wants to read an article that what I'm talking about, please go there and view it because I suggest you do this if you are serious about your betting or want to stay and manage your losses so that you have more fun and gamble responsibly. So I'm going 3%, Doma. Wow. 3%. Here we go. Big play. Big play of the week. Here we go. Here we go. 3%. Minus one, the LA Rams up against. What are they up against? Oh, Rao, I've really cocked this one, ladies and gents. Oh, no. I, I even closed it. Uh, don't worry, ladies and gents. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. The Los Angeles Rams up against the Philadelphia Eagles uh, after blowing that 17 point lead. How can I have any confidence with the Eagles, even though I picked them to win that division? Um, They've got so many injuries, Doma. And as I said earlier, that was a game against Washington, you know, that they they should have tried to win that game because coming up this next game, this is a tough game. Um, Albeit Rams are away from home, but don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, once again, these games are playing without no fans. So how much really of a home field advantage is it? Not much. And I just think with all the injuries that uh, Philly's got, um, the line of minus one, so essentially, you know, just getting a win will get, you know, even if they win by one, we get a push. Um, but I just think LA Rams win. So, um, yeah, I, I could see oh them God. winning and covering that line comfortably. Uh, they were Beautiful. able to move the ball against Dallas and, and put points on them. I can just can't see how they can't put points on um, Philly, especially Philly, some of those injuries, they've got four or five injuries on the defensive side of the ball, which is going to hurt you in the end. Um, yeah, Rams, cover, minus one, 3% of your bankroll. Let's hope we can uh, be in the positive this week. So, uh, we'll, I've, I've kept this all updated. Uh, I'll put these on the socials, obviously, and get these out. Um, and I'll uh, put a bit of an update as to where we're sitting. And if anyone who wants to track any of this, it's all been tracked our Instagram on a highlight on our page so you can view all that there in sequential order. Perfect. Awesome, mate. Thanks for the tips. That was our review. Also, as we always say, gamble responsibly and we'll see how this week in the NFL pans out. Coming up next, um, just a really quick explanation of what's happening for Hobby Talk this week. All right, here we go. Hobby talk this week. Unfortunately, if you listen to this podcast, you're not getting anything. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, so what's this week? With the yeah, disappointment. Talk. Yeah. So what's happened this nah, week? No, not is, really. Nah, it's actually, you're in for a nice treat. Um, coming out probably Friday. Yeah, Friday or Saturday. Uh, um, yeah, Friday or Saturday. We've got a, 
we did a special edition podcast of Hobby Talk with uh, Charlie from Cherry Collectibles. Uh, great insight and great discussion we had around uh, sports trading cards and some other uh, some other tra- trading cards that are in the in the market and how things are just trending and yeah, it was really good insight. And yeah, just a good discussion and yeah. we asked a few questions and and sort of tried to to you know bring something different to the hobby talk and I think this is something that we're going to try to keep doing uh, moving forward, getting some people who have been in the hobby for a while and getting them on and um, yeah, just bringing different views like uh, like we like to do and once again just bringing content about sports trading cards which is what we're passionate about along with sports exactly. itself so uh, as we said keep an eye out for it we'll have this obviously tabbed in our YouTube uh, clip so then you can go straight to it and get the information but keep a look out we'll put it all over our socials once it's released so yeah keep an eye out uh, coming up next the most anticipated segment of the show, Saucy's Collectibles. All right, big fella, what have you got for us? Saucy's, I said Saucy's Collectibles in the I last know, I know, you cocked it up. That's all I was just letting it run. <laughs> oh, I cocked that up. Saucy's Collectibles, well, you can find him at Saucy's Collectibles. That's Thank you very much, Don, for the promo. That, that was a good but, segue. Uh, Saucy Smokey is what I was meant to say. Yeah, I cocked that up big time. The Saucy Smokey, what do you got for us, mate? All right, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll just um, so the Smokey I've got at the moment. So anyone who's not aware with just the, the whole sort of where the basketball market has gone at the moment, um, with a lot of the there only essentially now being four teams left in the 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 NBA. Um, a lot of them steam the market, which we've seen building up to the hype of the bubble uh, and the playoffs actually has fallen off. And a lot of that steam has been picked up and taken away with the NFL market. So in the meantime, while we are focusing in the American market is focusing on the NFL um, and that's what we have to follow here in Australia. So if you're listening from Australia, well, I'm not talking about the American market because the American market affects the prices of cards that are in the Australian market because that's what people use as a comparison price. Um, so what has happened is, you know, the market has gone down. I've spoken about this in the past. And this is where I'm seeing it as a great opportunity to get in on some guys who you would like previously, but just with that hype of the bubble and that sort of thing, some of these car prices became way overvalued, uh, overvalued to the point where I even sold some of my guys because I just thought they shouldn't be gone this much. And now it's at the point where, albeit it's not at the point where it was, uh, you know, sort of like pre-COVID, um, that era there, and but it's at essentially a three-month low, some cards. So I'm going to talk about just a guy in general, but I'll give you... Uh, specific cards to, to pick up uh, as well. Um, but the guy I'm talking about uh, is, so he's just played his second year. Um, so he's an up and cutting talent. Uh, his team was very close to uh, making the playoffs. Well, unfortunately not to make the playoffs, but you know, the way his career has gone at the moment in his first two seasons uh, is showing me really, 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 really good promise uh, going forward. So this is what you want to be looking for uh, in trends to to invest in a player 
and, and potentially, you know, you can either hold this player um, going forward, you know, and keep it for the next few, um, you know, either 12 months going through next season if you want to be seeing opportunity to sell it then, which I think you will have an opportunity or you can hold it going forward, which, you know, personally, some of this guy here, I'm holding him going forward into the future uh, for near many years. Hopefully, uh, as long as he has a successful career, um, I think he could be a banker going forward. And uh, I think he's one of the great up-and-coming talents in the NBA. Um, and that is none other than Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I'm super high on this guy. I think, you know, now in, a, in an era of the NBA where big guys need to be able to shoot three, there's no none better um, than Jaron Jackson. The guy can literally light it up from three. Uh, average 39% on the year. That's an improvement on last year for 35%. Um, his points has improved on last year, up four, four and a bit points on last year, so up to 17 points. Um, and Dom, I actually, uh, the reason why I look at this, you know, because you don't want to look at these players that potentially a third year breakout, um, and we've seen a small sample size in games that he was allowed to play in the bubble. Uh, he played three games where he averaged 25 points a game across those three games. So you need to think, ladies and gentlemen, you had three months off. What would he be doing those three months? He would have been in the gym. He would have been working on work. his shot. Um, you know, th th these NBA guys would have been you know, working out somewhere, somehow. Well, the, uh, yeah, the interesting thing for JJJ was if he didn't get injured, Memphis probably could have won a few more of those games in the bubble. Yeah. And so it's not for it anything. just shows how important he is. So Yeah, he's important to their chances and not for anything, as I said to you, Domo, like obviously you've got John Moran on that team, but I actually think, you know, John Moran's, you, you he's your first option because he gets the ball in his hands first. But as we've seen, he's more than a willing passer. Um, and with JJJ's ability to knock down shots and he doesn't just shoot threes. Anyone who goes and watch has watched him play. He's got moves on the block. Um, I mean, you know, the guy's only... He's 20 years of age. Uh, he's already can light it up from three. He's not, not afraid to, to take a mid-range jumper. Uh, he's got moves on the block. Probably his ball handling could improve a little bit, but I've seen him drive, and he's not the most ugly ball handler. Um, I mean, you know, I think it's just next year he takes that next step, and like we've seen with Brandon Ingram, he took that next step, won the most improved player. Um, Jaron Jackson could potentially get on that trajectory and then improve his average points to above 23, you know, 24 points a definitely. game. Um, and that will see his card prices, you know, essentially double from where they are at the moment. You can, um, you know, we'll talk about obviously the, his prison base card, uh, his prison base card, PSA 10. So three months ago, it was selling at uh, about 135. Fast forward, uh, you know, a month from that date, it was uh, selling at 320, uh, whereas as it was going forward, selling for a month from then, and then uh, about two months from then, about a month and a half from that date. So about halfway through of, uh, was, uh, which is you know leading up to the, to this hype, it was uh, selling at 320. You had highs of uh, 336, um, but then as obviously he got knocked out, it's come crashing down. Um, you now got a low sale. Here, a lower sale of 162.50. I actually seen one actually go for 152.5 as well. So he's back around to that three-month low to where he was previously. So some of that steam has now come out uh, where he's back to the point three 
bubble. And I think that's a good time to be able to pick him up um, because, you know, you go have a look at someone like I likened him to improving like how Brandon Ingram has improved this year. If he shows that improvement, um, Brandon Ingram, PSA 10, prison base, uh, you know, last two sales, one at 260, one at 300. So if he shows that improvement, his new baseline or base of his card, where it's going to be, will be around that uh, 250, 300 mark. So potentially you can, if you wish to flip this card next season at some point, you may be able to. But I think he builds up and he builds on his career from here. And he has a good career going forward where, um, you know, that young Grizzlies core grows together. And as a young team grows together and they just bring in a few more veterans around those young pieces, um, they could be pushing in that west side. And, you know, I'm saying this is more probably one of my more longer picks rather than a, a, a flip a short pick, term but thing, yeah. short-term thing. But I just think now's a good time to buy into some of his uh, market. I mean, Especially even if you love him as a player. If you want him for a PC and you can get a PSA 10 for 150 US, yeah. that's pretty good. And, and it's not even that, Dom. I was able to pick up a uh, select uh, concourse base card, PSA 10. I think there's only 50 PSA 10s in the whole world. Um, I think I picked one up just today for... I paid 80 US, which is not too bad. It's probably a bit more than what I was looking to pay, but the fact that there's only 50 of them, um, wow. people probably haven't set, sent too many in to get graded. But I just think people are sleeping on this guy. And, you know, once once he all of a sudden starts averaging 25 points, people are going to start noticing him and his card prices are going to rise and the demand for him is going to rise. You know, a lot of his attention is taken away from John Moran this year, but don't don't hide the fact that I, I genuinely think that JJJ is the number one option on that team. Like, he should be the number one option with Ja Morant looking to, you know, obviously do Ja Morant things, but feed him the ball on a consistent basis, which I think Definitely. is what they need to do to go to the next level, you know, because he's got that type of talent. So oh, I myself done. was able to get a PSA 9 Silver Prism. Uh, I picked this up there a while is. ago for super, super cheap. Like, I mean, heaps cheap. Um and now I think these are selling for about 130 US, which is which is okay, uh, which is okay. But personally, I'd rather just go pay the extra 20 bucks and get a um, one of the PSA 10s because you know it's just easy. It's it's a funny thing this card business. If someone sees a 10 on there, it's a lot easier to sell that card than someone wanting to take the nine. But I feel that the market's going in a way that you can get a good deal on a PSA nine or a BGS nine. Um, or a SGC 9.5 and above, take the deal, um, have a look around. But just JJJ, Jaron Jackson Jr., plays for the Memphis Grizzly. Him in general, I just think, you know, he's on the trajectory of uh, taking his game to the next level, and I think he's a guy that, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to start a PC, he's still somewhat affordable. So, um, you know, he's a guy to invest in for the future, and, Potentially, he, his, his career turns out the way that I think his potential can show, has shown. Um, he may have a long and prosperous career in the league. Good pick. There you go. Saucy Smoky. He's come with the facts. He loves the facts. He's come with the facts again. That's great stuff, mate. Uh, no smoke this week, or uh, no smoke, no smoke. This oh. week. I thought oh, I'll put it in. I'll put it in the cue ball. I'll put it in the rack. <laughs> I'll put it in the rack this week. Oh, you uh, caught me off guard last week. It's quite <laughs> good, actually. Oh, perfect, mate. There you go. Another one down. Thanks for tuning in. 
awesome stuff. Uh, we'll see how uh, this all, all this basketball stuff uh, transpires over the next. Let's go, late show. Let's go the Heat. Come on, Heat. Let's get to the finals. Let's do it. Come on, Bucks. Lake Show versus Miami Heat. That's what we want. Oh, that's what we want. That's like, what we it, want. It's just Me setting the stage. You. And oh, then we, uh, oh, we, we, we're going to have to do some crazy stuff. We're gonna have to do some, oh, it actually is Miami versus Lakers. We're going to have to do a live stream, us two watching the game. I think live streams, I think we even need to set some bets between the two of us, I reckon, that we have to live out to. Oh. Well, I, I, reckon, I reckon that's... Uh, that's on the cards. We think. Well, uh, 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 are we are we going to slab a Jew, a slab a Jew like uh, Skip and Shannon? <laughs> Skip, oh Shannon, he loves it. Anyway, uh, it's been your boy Dom. We're saucy. Keep living, loving, and breathing sports. It's been double coverage. Peace out, Peace ladies out. and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcasting app. Also, if you could please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome. Don't forget to follow us on socials at dblcoverage underscore on both Instagram and Twitter to join in with your opinions.